93.3 WMMR Audio On Demand presents the Preston and Steve Show podcast. And now, Preston and Steve's news update with Kathy Romano. And it is Wednesday, September 15th. Good morning, Kathy. Good morning in the news this morning. Philadelphia is doubling its incentives for families who drive their kids to and from school during uh, the bus driver shortage. The school district will now pay families $300 a month or $3,000 for the year if they opt out of transportation services. For another option, families can receive $150 a month for transporting their children to school in the morning and then utilizing the school bus service in the afternoon. Superintendent Dr. William Height apologized for the service disruption and said the district is teaming up with SEPTA to provide student Air cards to children who are eligible for bus, van, or cab services. Kathy, got to show them the money if they're not my kids. Oh, no, you can't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you're going to say that. That's uh, an idea. Right? Just yeah. a little thing. Yeah. And it, do they have to be going to that school? <laughs> right. You can't just pick up kids, Steve. <laughs> Drive them around. I'm, ma- <laughs> I'm making great money, and you'll never guess how. <laughs> They're also in talks. It's called kidnapping. They're also in talks to expand the fare cards for adults to help families who do not drive. School districts across the Philadelphia region are dealing with a similar issue. The Glassboro School District sent a letter home to parents on Friday saying the high school and the intermediate school will begin dismissing 45 minutes earlier than usual mm. because the district is understaffed by eight drivers. So in order to get the kids home in time, they're letting school out earlier. Early. Yeah, we talked to a guy. Remember a guy called in and it was t- raving about being a bus driver and about all the incentives and and. and they're they're aggressively looking to hire yes. and throwing all sorts of perks at them now. Every so. bus yard I drive by, there's a sign we're hiring oh, yeah. drivers. The shortage uh, predates the COVID nineteen pandemic, but school closures and layoffs didn't help in twenty twenty. The New Jersey School Bus Contractors Association has seen a steep drop, estimating twenty percent of drivers have not returned after layoffs uh, because of the COVID closures. Is it absolutely impossible to tie it together with kids who are getting their learners permits? <laughs> no, let them drive <laughs> the other kids to school, yeah. right? This is a terrible story. A 22-year-old woman, originally from New York, disappeared while traveling in Wyoming, and her desperate family is pleading for help finding her. Gabrielle uh, Petito was traveling in a white 2012 Ford Transit van with a Florida license plate with her boyfriend when she stopped communicating with friends and family. Gabrielle's mother, Nicole Schmidt, said Gabrielle and her boyfriend, Brian Laundrie, left Long Island on July 2nd for a cross-country trip. The two said, uh, the two, she said, had been living in Northport, Florida for the last two and a half years. The couple was documenting their trip on YouTube and they were set to arrive in Portland, Oregon in October. The last video chat she had with her daughter was August 24th or 25th, uh, though the exchange they exchanged text messages a few days following. The last text she received was on August 30th. Prior to that communication, Petito is believed to have been uh, in Grand Teton National Park in Teton, Wyoming. Grand Teton National Teton, Park, yeah. uh, In Wyoming, Petito was reported missing to the Suffolk County Police Department by her, her family on September 11th at a approximately 6.55 p.m. Petito's boyfriend is not missing, but authorities will not discuss his whereabouts. Uh, the couple's van was recovered in Florida. He released a statement on Tuesday through his lawyers, and uh, basically they're saying, you know, we hope she's found and all of this, but that they're kind of uh, staying in the background at this juncture, and they'll have no further comment. Petito is described as a white female, approximately five foot five, 110 pounds. She has blonde hair, blue eyes, and several tattoos, including one on her finger and one on her forearm that reads, let it be. Suffolk County detectives are asking anyone with information on her disappearance to contact Crime Stoppers at 1-800-220-TIPS. We currently have no definitive information that a crime took place in Northport, the department said in a statement. With that said, the circumstances are odd. Yeah, and the guy supposedly is not telling the family where he last saw her. He clammed up. Yeah, and and also I saw this development that uh, the 
Moab, Utah police said that they had um, apparently responded to an incident involving those two. Oh, no. Uh, but it was there was nothing founded. Neither one of them had called the police. Somebody else had. And, they, and all they said it was an incident. Mm. So some kind well, of disturbance the, was the, happening place. Maybe an argument. I don't know. But the van that they were driving was recovered in Florida. Yeah, it's... This is where, I mean, you know. This is another one. This looks like the guy did something and he's not saying anything. You know? Well, why Why would you not? Come, exactly. Well, well, I mean, why wouldn't you do you everything? You came back without someone. You possibly right, can exactly. to find out what happened. So. And they were documenting it yeah. on social media. When so. I saw this story pop up, I was thinking of our friends, the you know, the van yes. life. And, yeah. And if, so stop and think about it. If you're out in the, the wild somewhere and you're quasi off the grid, you know, well, can a lot of stuff can happen, mm-hmm. you know? Maybe your girlfriend will push you off a mountain. Yeah. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> push you off a mountain. That's right. What do you remember up until that point? Wait a second. How conveniently that I don't remember anything. Nick, where's all the food we packed? <laughs> Gonna push his ass off this mountain. <laughs> More than $104 million in Pennsylvania turnpike tolls went uncollected last year as the agency fully converted to all electronic tolling with the millions of motorists who don't use EasyPass having a nearly one in two chance of riding without paying under the toll-by-plate license plate camera system. Can I ask a question? So, so, so I, I have EasyPass. I want to take the EasyPass out of my car now. Right. Is, that, so, is, that, is that useless now? No, is that, no, no, no. EasyPass. I, I, so I got one, Steve, for Delaware. I, right. I, I drove on Route 301 and driving back up, I have EasyPass as well. For whatever reason, it didn't register. And so I got this payment sent to me from the Delaware chapter of right. EasyPass. And I just paid it online. It's pretty easy to do so. But... It's yet another step, even though I have the device in the right, car itself. Right. Oh, right. see, I thought if you had Easy Pass, you're not getting these bills. It, it depends, and and it's changed since the pandemic because there have there there's zero option for you to toss change at you know into a, a bucket or to hand somebody money as you're going through the booth. Well, so this is just for Pennsylvania, but okay. an internal Turnpike report issued in July and obtained by the Associated Press through the Ride to Know Law request showed nearly 11 million out of the total of about 170 million Turnpike rides generated no revenue for the agency. In the year that ended May so about 31st. 10%. Okay. Um, interesting. I guess it's still the technology must not be. Correct. That's what I'm thinking. As it needs to be. Right? And, and so you have stuff like this. Because I was right. wondering, I'm like, so what is the purpose of this transponder if this is just reading the license? Well, I think, I mean, at least at least what they're saying for Pennsylvania is, this is what they're saying, is that, no, the easy pass, you're, you're still going along. It's still collecting that. Sure. But I guess if it doesn't register or if you don't, have easy pass. They're doing the, the pay-by-play. All right. Toll, or not. One, you have one in two chance. Uh, toll revenue leakage and industry euphemism for uncollected tolls has become the focus of turnpike agencies across the country as the use of easy pass transponders and license plate cameras continue to spread. It is a particular problem for the debt-strapped Pennsylvania turnpike where more than half of its total revenue goes to pay borrowing costs and tolls have more than quadrupled in 12 years for the m- minority of motorists who don't have easy pass or pay for rides. Kathy, is uh, is leakage a trigger word for you like moist is? <laughs> um, <laughs> because when I hear that, I think uh, I think gross. You Adult think diaper leakage. Yeah, yeah like mm-hmm. uh, when you say it, yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Not so, when I just read so it. Now it's no. disgusting when you say yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> Last year, license plates could not be identified in 1.8 million Pennsylvania Turnpike rides. Bills were undelivered in just over 1 million instances, and motor vehicle agencies failed to provide vehicle owner addresses for 1.5 million times. An additional 6.7 million transactions were marked as not paid. Wow. Uh, After So listen to this. After tolls and fees go uncollected for about three years, the Turnpike writes them off. Oh. (laughs) 
I, yeah. Okay. Uh, wait, if, if they go unpaid for how long? Three years. And then they just write it off? It's they a tax write-off. Write they follow you up on them? Guess not. Wow. The Turnpike runs more than 500 miles, including several uh, sections that connect with the main stem linking the Philadelphia and Pittsburgh regions. Mm. In sports this morning. <laughs> Patrick Wisdom and Alfonso Rivas hit back-to-back home runs for the Chicago Cubs in a 6-3 win over the Phillies, who lost again to another team out of the postseason hunt. The Phillies just dropped three of four at home to Colorado, which is 21-51 and on the road. The Phillies remain four and a half games behind first place Atlanta in the National League East and two and a half games behind Cincinnati in the wild card race. The series continues tonight with Ranger Suarez getting the start. First pitch is scheduled for 7.05. The Flyers announced that the full roster of players, coaches, and hockey operations staff will be fully vaccinated against COVID-19 in time for the start of the upcoming NHL season. The general manager of the team, Chuck Fletcher, said yesterday will be fully vaccinated for the start of the season for sure we've had a great response from staff and players and we look forward to having a much more normal season than last year and the u.s soccer federation announced that it offered the respective players union for the u.s women's national team and the men's side identical proposals for a new collective bargaining agreement in a statement the ussf said that this was done with the goal of aligning the men's and women's senior national teams under a single collective bargaining agreement structure the federation also said that it will not agree to a cba with either union that with either union that doesn't take the important step of making the World Cup prize money the same for both the men and the women. And that's what I have for you this morning. All right, thanks a bunch, Kat. So Wednesday mornings mean a couple things. Uh, we're going to go on Fox Good Day today and uh, check in with uh, Mike and Alex. So that'll be around 7.55 or so this morning. Uh, we also have a secret text word. This is really cool, man. We got some great tickets to give away for secret text word. Uh, Black Crows, the Shake Your Money Maker Tour with Dirty Honey next Thursday at BB&T Pavilion. Now, that's a show. That's a bluesy rock and roll show right there, gang. So uh, what you do is text word secret to 39333. We will send a word to you. We'll ask you to call in later with that word. If you're the designated caller that gives it to us, you get the tickets and you go to that show. Now, we'll also grab a random texter, too. So why not do it? Text the word secret, 39333. Of course, you can click concerts at WMMR.com for complete details and another chance to win for MMR VIP members. So make sure you opt in for that email and you <clears> might win. All right. We also have some guests on the program. Joining us around 830 today will be the stars of the Mini Saints of Newark. Michael Gandolfini and Alessandro Nivola will be joining us. This is the prequel film uh, to The the Sopranos. And it's in theaters October 1st. It's hitting uh, HBO Max for 31 days following that theatrical release. So Nick actually got to talk to those guys yesterday. I did. They're great guys. Super nice. Michael Gandolfini is uh, what you would expect uh, James Gandolfini to look at at 21, 22 years old. And, wow. and fills the the role of Tony Soprano, young Tony Soprano, really well. It's a, it's a great movie, and I can't wait for uh, Sopranos fans to see it. So we'll talk to those guys around 8.30 this morning. And then we also have uh, Melora Hardin, who is from The Office. <laughs> And is going to be on Dancing with the Stars. She's great. And she will check in with us as we get closer to about 10 o'clock this morning. Oh, and we have two chances for you to win 500 bucks this morning. Yeah, we do. MMR's money clips, so make sure that you don't miss the uh, the times, which are 8 and 10 with just us on the Preston and Steve show. Then, 
noon with uh, Jackie Bam Bam today, as well as two, and then Jackson at four and six, and then uh, Brent Porsche tonight at eight o'clock. So you have those chances: eight, ten, noon, two, four, six, and eight. It is MMR's Money Clips. Real easy way to win some cash, so don't miss that either. All right, so with all that going on, we'll take a quick break. We'll come back in just a moment. Dive into the entertainment report, the stupid question, all that stuff. We'll be next. Love Preston and Steve and WMMR? Check out WMMR.com for more of everything that rocks. Back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. So we're going to do the stupid question, and uh, today we are going to give away $50 Bonefish Grill gift card. The question I have for you is, what was the highest denomination bill ever printed in the, um, in the United States? I like that. 215-263-WMMR. Call if you know the answer. What is the highest denomination bill ever printed in the United States? Call if you know the answer. We'll go through the birthdays. What we're waiting for that answer today is September 15th, and it is Dan Marino's birthday today. And a big one for him. He's 60 years old today. Uh Uh-huh. Former QB, obviously, of the Miami Dolphins, and then he sat in the broadcast booth and did all that stuff. Yeah, Yeah, he's he's, he's Ace Ventura. Ace Ventura, that's that's right. right. I was going Isotoner gloves on Uh, that one. I forgot about that. Isotoner gloves, he'd use to do commercials. Oh, yeah. You want to protect the hands that protect you, Preston. Oh, God, I forgot Oh, my God. I can't believe you remember that. You can listen to a quarterback, right? Their hands mean everything to the Yeah. 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 In Uh, fact, he does an Isotoner commercial in Ace Ventura. mm -hmm. That's funny. (laughs) He's 60 today. All right, actor Josh Charles, who was in Dead Poet Society. Uh, I always loved the name of this character. He played a character called Knox Overstreet. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, and he's been in a few other things uh, throughout the years. He was in the movie Four Brothers. He was in Hairspray, uh, huh. SWAT, uh, some things like that. And he turns 50 years old today. Uh, Heidi Montag. Oh, the great Heidi Montag. Yes. Spencer Pratt. From the Hills. That power couple. Incredible. She's the Meryl Streep of MTV. <laughs> uh, he, she's 35. Uh, the great Tommy Lee Jones ah. celebrates his three quarters of a century birthday today. He's 75. What's he up to? That's a good question. Nick, can you see what his latest credits were? I know he just did that so Raven. Oh, <laughs> Yeah, that was his last acting credit. And then before that, he was in a a movie. I don't remember this. called The Comeback Trail. All right. It was him and uh, it was another old folks get-together kind of a movie. with Okay. Uh, like a Lonesome Dove kind of thing? No. Was it no, a Western? No. De Niro and Morgan Freeman. Yeah. We're in it and uh, came out last year. Oh. Steve, I think it was like Space Cowboys kind of a thing where okay. you know, a bunch of cool old actors get together and there's um, a heist or whatever. And, they, and then, but you put you watch the oh, movie because yeah. these old actors are in it because he's right. in a uh, IMDb has him in a uh, Stomp the Yard four. Right? Oh, okay. No, I All didn't right. know that. Yeah. Well, besides that, he did things like The Fugitive and uh, The Men in Black. Oh yeah, movies those two. And yeah. uh, Coal Miner's Daughter and Space Cowboys and Gary Gilmore Story and all that great stuff. Well, uh, I mean, he ripped off your title, Preston. Seventy five uh, Space Cowboys. Yeah, I know, yeah. right? Come Bastards. on. I mean, I came up with that. Years after twenty the movie years came. after the movie came out, uh, Oliver Stone, the great director, screenwriter, producer, uh, movies like Platoon, Born on the Fourth of July, JFK, Wall Street, Natural Born Killers, bunch of stuff. Obviously, uh, he's I mean, listen. He's a great director. Yeah, and and is I watched uh, World Trade Center, um, you know, uh, over the weekend, and uh, again, he's he's just he's. He's tops at his great at his game, and like Tommy Lee Jones, he's seventy five today. Well, there you go, uh, Prince Harry. It's his birthday today, today. <laughs> That's how they say in London, like schedule and boot. Hey, Harry, it's your birthday today. Uh, he is fourth in line for the English <laughs> throne. Not anymore. 
No? No, he's, he's uh, much lower because um, Prince William has three kids. Oh, yeah. And those three kids outrank Harry. Wow. But they changed the word tomorrow to Tadari <laughs> for him for his birthday. So at least they did yes, that. They right. could do that. They own Tadari <laughs> is so very. Yeah. He's 37 today. Uh, now, I bring up this actor for two reasons. Uh, he's on Brothers and Sisters. Oh, my God. Who is he? And his name is Dave Annabelle. Oh, yeah. Ooh. He was, uh, what else was he It in? might be Annabelle. A- A-N-N-A-B-L-A. No, we're going with Annabelle. I'm going with Annabelle. Dave! Annabelle. <laughs> oh, he's on. <laughs> One more time. Yeah. One more time. Dave! Annabelle. <laughs> Do you know who he's married to? <laughs> no. He is married to the love interest in Cloverfield. You remember the, 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 the girl? Oh, that stunning girl. Beth was the character's That's name. That's his wife. Wow, okay. Yes. Good for him. He wins. Uh, he is 42 today. Was he in something else you were going to mention? Yes, Kathy? he was in that What If show uh, on Netflix with Renee Zellweger. He was also recently in the, uh, I believe they debuted it already, the new Fantasy Island mm, okay. with his with, with said wife. Okay. Uh-huh. So that is, uh, why is it not working? Your uh, touchscreen doesn't, doesn't work. doesn't work. I was going to go with this. Dave! <laughs> and the belt. Uh, he's 42 <laughs> today. most known for his role on Brothers and Sisters. Yes, of course. Uh, Tom Hardy, great actor, man. Uh, he turns 44 years old today. So many great movies. Um, the Revenant, uh, Inception. The Dark Knight Rises. What was the recent one with the weird name? Uh, wasn't he in that? Um, hmm. I'm, I'm th- Hang we, on. We give away the movie passes. Yeah, left I, and right. Tenet. Tenet. No. Was, oh, he, tenet? was he in that? Uh, that's a no. Chris Nolan movie. He might be. I, um, uh, then I'm thinking of somebody else. I'm sorry. I do you know what's in it for some reason? I can recommend a movie to you. Mm. That, that is a mob movie. That is a true story about the craze in London. Oh, yeah. Legend. Yeah, yeah, he plays brothers. both the twin brothers, and he's amazing. Yeah. Uh, no, I guess he wasn't in that. But he uh, saw it. He wasn't yeah. intended, but he, maybe he saw it. Right, I we mean, don't he's, know. Well, he's so- a worldly known good guy, and he's a great actor. <laughs> who's, the, uh, who's the actor that plays opposite uh, John oh, David Washington? Casey, he's in Tadari. Oh. <laughs> Tadari, the movie. Uh, all right, anyway, Tom Hardy is uh, is 44 today. Nick's looking at Our Pets? Robert Pattinson? Is that who you're thinking about? Uh, Pattinson. Um, yeah, maybe that's who I was thinking. All right, right in the last birthday, a uh, uh, very funny guy, Ben Schwartz. Yes. Uh, comedian, actor, and uh, he turns uh, 40 years old today. So happy birthday to everybody on the birthday list uh, to Derry. All right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> let's see if we can get an answer to the stupid question. What was the highest denomination bill ever printed in the United States? And it is Mark that we go to. Good morning, Mark. Good morning, guys. How you doing? Wonderful, buddy. All right. So uh, largest denomination bill ever printed in the United States. The $100,000. You're correct. <laughs> Hang on the line. You could literally walk around with a $100,000 bill in your pocket. Although I think it was used for, like, banks and things right, like yes. that. But uh, I do remember Woodrow Wilson was the uh, was the, the cover guy. I will tell you this. Uh, Mrs. Cho won't accept it. No. Yeah, I tried. <laughs> no. All right. So we are going to set up Mark with a $50 Bonefish Grill gift card. Discover Bonefish Grill's new shrimp rangoon salmon or seasonal pineapple glazed shrimp paired with a refreshing watermelon martini. Ready for a new adventure? Bonefish Grill is hiring. You can visit bonefishgrill.com for information. Uh, We're going to lead with terrible news, especially in the world of Steve Morrison and anybody who loves comedy. But Norm MacDonald passed away, and he had been battling a nine-year cancer struggle that was a complete secret. 
completely no one knew about it. out of the blue. And Preston, I, people who are pretty close to him were on social media yesterday. Some of his legendary uh, comedian compatriots had no idea. Yeah, well, and, and the, the publicist kind of explained it, like that he just was, he did not want that information out yeah, there. Yeah. Well, he was going to, uh, I think from what I had read, is that he still wanted to be able to do what he did without the distraction oh, oh, of, I feel yeah, bad for of you. people yeah. worrying about him and so on. Um, I have not heard what kind of cancer he suffered from. It doesn't really matter, but it is nice to know, uh, you know, just for your own yeah, well, yes. concern. Sure. Uh, he, uh, his uh, longtime producing partner and friend, Lori Joe Hextra, uh, said he was most proud of his comedy. Uh, she said he never wanted the diagnosis to affect the way that the audience or any of his loved ones saw him. Norm was a pure comic. He once wrote that a joke should catch somebody by surprise and it should never pander. And, of course, he never really did. Uh, the actor and comedian start, uh, started his career as a writer on Roseanne Barr's sitcom in 1992. Yeah. Before he was hired by NBC as a cast member on SNL. And after leaving SNL in 1998, uh, he had his own sitcom, The Norm Show, uh, from 1991 to 2001. Do you remember that show? No. no. Yeah. It was uh, it was a classic sitcom, you know, uh, uh, But uh, and, and he was good. Uh, but it just didn't. It never clicked the way they they hoped. Uh, we have some clips, yes, uh, that we can play of uh, Norm. We have uh, a collection of him on on the Letterman show. He was a he was a favorite of Dave's. He adored Letterman. And uh, here we go with some uh, clips of him. You look very uh, youthful. And, and how come we haven't seen you in two years? Oh, uh, how, how come I haven't been here in two years? Yeah. Oh man, I've been busy. <laughs> I got a kid, you know. I know. How old? Well, you got a kid. Yeah, I do. How old's Harry? He's uh, seven. Yeah, yeah, man, they they grow up so slow. <laughs> you know, it's barely discernible, <laughs> isn't it? Yes. How old is your son? <laughs> He's eighteen. They get far less cute. Yeah. <laughs> they're Good not, kid? As, not as cute when they're on the lawn punching you in the chest. <laughs> you have you have uh, like your uh, was it your first uh, stand-up special? Yes, I did a Comedy Central special. Right. Uh, one of 40 they did this year on Comedy Central. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I'm very surprised and impressed about this, that you, you, you've you built kind of like a, a, a Twitter following. Yes, yeah, so I'm an Internet sensation. Whoa! <laughs> now, I didn't take you for a guy that would know about that kind of stuff. I know stuff. all about that stuff. Really? When, when, did, when did you start Twitter? About uh, two weeks ago. Really? <laughs> Um, we have, yes, Kat, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, Steve, I know that you loved him, but yeah. I forever said he was my favorite weekend update. I don't think anybody ever did it the way he did. No, you are absolutely right. By by leaps and bounds. And even and another person that I thought did a great job, Dennis Miller, would, would step aside and say no one did it like Norm. Uh, we have a clip of him, of course, uh, of course, doing his legendary impression of Burt Reynolds on the Jeopardy parodies. <laughs> How many do? Preston, in all the obituaries and all the uh, the online articles that popped up, how many of them had that picture of him with the big hat on and the Burt Reynolds makeup? Oh, yeah. And the yeah. mustache. Oh, yes. It's a funny hat. Here's a clip. And finally, back again, Burt Reynolds in a commanding lead with $14. Hey, hey uh, check out the podium. Look at this. Mr. Reynolds has apparently changed his name to Turd Ferguson. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Turd Ferguson. It's a funny name. <laughs> John Travolta learned how to dance for this 1977 hit movie. Please answer in the form of a question. Burt Reynolds. What is Josh? No. The answer is Popeye is this sort of man. Burt Reynolds. 
What is Popeye? <laughs> no. This racing movie with Dom DeLuise told us that, yes, cannonballs can run. Bert, you might want to guess this. Bert Reynolds. Well, I don't know, uh, Shakespeare. <laughs> no. This December 25th holiday involves decorating a tree and opening presents. Bert Reynolds. Yeah, it was my birthday. <laughs> Those are excellent. <laughs> They're great. Uh, we have a clip of him talking about Germany. This is yeah, from his, uh, this his is, comedy routine. Yeah, and most re- this is his most recent Netflix special. So, And, and if you want to listen, and I've said this before, this is why I, I idolize Norm Crosby, his, uh, Norm Crosby, Norm MacDonald, uh, his, his, um, his, his use of language and the way he hits certain words uh, was just great. All right, here we go. There's only one country that frightens me, and it's the country of Germany. I don't know if you guys are students of history or not, but... <laughs> For those of you who aren't, Germany, in the previous century, in the early part, they decided to go to, to war. And who did they choose to go to war with? The world. <laughs> so you think that would last about five seconds and the world would f***ing win and, you know, that'd be it. But it was actually close. And then, I don't know how that worked, but then 30 years pass, and Germany decides to go to war again. And once again, they choose as their foe the world. And now, this time, they really almost win. So at this point, you would think the world would go, okay, Germany, you're not a country anymore. Right? <laughs> I was uh, uh, working yesterday, and when this news floated across my radar, and it, it, it was a gut punch, man. Yes. I, I was re- devastated all day yesterday. Uh, Steve, I know this one hit you hard, too. I think Norm is my favorite comedian of all time, and I just, at 61, to lose him really is awful. It's, and, just, and it's just terrible. He played that fumbling for words kind of persona, but he was incredibly well-read, he was incredibly smart, and you need to needed to be that smart to come across as, I don't know. He had a show on Netflix that was really weird, and um, but I, I highly recommend it. It's just him, uh, M. Night Shyamalan was on it. Yeah, it ported from YouTube, so yeah. he, had his own, he had his own channel, and Netflix bought it. And they, it, they they would sit around and talk about whatever the hell Norm wanted to talk about, and, and he would kind of throw off the guest, but Judge Judy was on one time, oh, yeah. Mike Shyamalan, David Spade, and so he would have these people on, and I remember Spade at one point was like, is this a show? <laughs> is, uh, are the cameras even on? Right. Yeah. That's right. Uh, there's a clip of him on the on the final Letterman appearance. Yes. Uh, Case, do you have that? Yeah, that's right. All right, here we go. It gets a little emotional. So anyways, I'd just like to say, I know that uh, Mr. Letterman is uh, 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 not for the mockish, and uh, he has... Uh, he has no truck for the sentimental, but if something is true, it is not sentimental. And I say in truth, I love you. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, oh man, you could hear it. He was good. Yes, it gets me voice. now just every, every, every freaking time. And then we have an idea. Is this from when he was stopped by here? No, no, no. This is he's talking, oh. again, from his comedy, talking about the word identification. Okay, here we go. Last one we have. I was in the airport. Uh, guys were asked about my ID, and it occurred to me that ID is a strange abbreviation because I is short for I, and then D is short for dentification. 
Seems to me D is doing most of the legwork on that one. Obviously, uh, many, many uh, stars have uh, commented on his passing and what a genius he was in the world of comedy. So sad news. And when he uh, came in here, that was I, I, I tweeted out yesterday. It was one of the rare times that I got nervous because mm-hmm. I wanted him to like us so right? much. And, yeah. and right. he did. He and was, was a great guy. Great. That's sad news. Um, I have a couple of other things uh, to pass along, and uh, then we'll move out. So uh, Amanda Bynes, conservatorship, is going to go under another status report in 2023, so it's a little ways off. According to court documents, uh, a status report regarding the actress's health was filed and approved by a California court uh, with the next update scheduled for 2023. Bynes' lawyer uh, said rumors of her conservatorship being extended to 2023. Incorrect. He said our conservatorship is not extended through March 2023. It's open day to day. A status report regarding your health and welfare was recently filed and approved by the court. By law, the next status report is due in two years. Our conservatorship will terminate when it is no longer convenient for Amanda, which I don't really know what all that means. Uh, I I look at pictures of her currently, and um, this is totally objective. Uh, uh, the light has dimmed. It has dimmed. Yeah, you can tell. She used to be so, and I don't know if that is perhaps a product of... Uh, uh, what she might be taking to keep her uh, her level, mm-hmm. uh, but it's just not there. Yeah, I think she had some real uh, mental. She clearly uh, did. I don't know if it's chemical, you know, imbalance yeah. or something along those lines. But she something happened because she was uh, she was different. Yeah, and and has uh, changed. So, um, so they're keeping an eye on her. But in uh, 2023 is the next time they do one of these uh, status checks. Uh, theater royalty in the form of Kristen Chenoweth, Julie Taymor, and Lin Manuel Miranda. Welcomed back boisterous audiences to Wicked, The Lion King, and Hamilton for the first time since the start of the pandemic, making Tuesday as the unofficial return of Broadway. Uh, Chenoweth surprised the crowd at Wicked by appearing on stage for a speech at the same stage where she became a star years ago. And she said the fitting line. She said, there's no place like home. Right. Uh, coming back there. And the crowd hooted and hollered and gave her a standing ovation. <laughs> you can hear him hooting. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a hoot. <laughs> Several, several hoots and a couple of hollers. <laughs> That'd be kind of scary. It would yeah. be terrifying. Yeah. I think that the actors would walk off the stage. Uh, Taymor, the director and costume designer for The Lion King, congratulated her audience for the courage and enthusiasm to lead the way. She said, theater as we know it is the lifeblood and soul of the city. Uh, it's time for us to live again. And Miranda at Hamilton summed up the feeling of a lot of people when he asked, I don't ever want to take live theater for granted. And by the way, I, I did not write Hamilton. Okay. I have to. No. Uh, yeah. You know, Preston, I have a love-hate relationship with uh, Broadway and, and um, because there's wonderful things to see. Yeah. But those theaters are oh, designed for yeah. people from the 1870s. Yeah, they're tiny. And uh, unless you're a dwarf. It's, but it is, it is super exciting going it is to amazing. one of those shows. It is amazing. It is also super expensive to go. Oh, my to God. Two or three hundred bucks. It's That's insane. It. Yeah. The first time I went to Broadway, 
I had gotten comp tickets, okay, because of my job. I was a music director, and sure. it was it was for rent, and rent was had a, a, a soundtrack and all the stuff. And so uh, the the record company got, got us tickets. I'm like, wow, man, that was a great time. We we enjoyed the hell yes. of the show. It was amazing. And I'm like, we should go back and I see that back. again sometime. And then we went to go back and see it, and we paid for tickets. And I'm like, oh my god. They offer packages though that are actually um, really good deals. With that comes with dinner at like you can choose from a number of restaurants. And things yeah. like that. So at least it's... Right. Hotels sometimes and an organ yeah. transplant. But right. just anything in New York. <laughs> you know? Anything in New York. You get a cheese Hotel sandwich room. and they're like, that'll be $14. You're like, what? This is a cheese sandwich, though. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, that's so, right. We're in New York. So uh, the, uh, I know the audiences are masked. That's part of the deal, yes? Uh, I believe so. Yeah. I believe so. Yes. Uh, okay. They, yeah. they were doing uh, New York, New York, the song outside, <laughs> and all the cast <laughs> were wearing masks. But you could hear them fine. Sure. Uh, so the Lion King, Hamilton, and Wicked all uh, staked out Tuesday to reopen together. Um, uh, former Governor Andrew Cuomo had picked September 14th when the Broadway when Broadway could begin welcoming back audiences to full capacity. And the trio of shows, however, were beaten by Bruce Springsteen's concert show in June and the opening of the new play Passover on October 22nd. Uh, is but, Springsteen in Passover too? No, but the return of the three musicals. The, My name is Rabbi Moish. The spiritual anchors of modern Broadway success, as well as the return to the long-time uh, running, uh, long-running Chicago, and the reopening of the iconic uh, Tickets Booth, the TKTS yes, booth. Yes, which um, is uh, uh, a uh, always full of activity if yeah. you walk around that area. Right there in Times Square. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Um, and there are important signals that Broadway is back despite pressure and uncertainty from the spread of the Delta variant. You know, you just brought up a good idea, President. Just, uh, what if Bruce Springsteen were to bring the jazz singer to Broadway with uh, Bruce as the jazz singer? He should really explore those, uh, those avenues. If he wants to destroy his career, I think it's the way to go. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, so this is interesting. Chrissy Teigen... Yeah. As admitted, <laughs> listen to this. Her again. She, she underwent a cosmetic surgical procedure to have fat removed from her cheeks. Okay. Per is a that, recent Instagram story she shared. Isn't that kind of her look? She has. She, she I, does have kind of very roundish cheeks. Yeah. Clearly a beautiful woman. Uh, she wrote, I did that. Dr. Diamond Buchel fat removal thing here, she said. The Dr. Diamond Buchel fat removal? I guess so, yeah. <laughs> Dr. Di- Dr. Diamond Buchel fat removal. Uh, she added. <laughs> I can't say Dr. that. Dr. Diamond Buchel fat removal. That's <laughs> amazing. I can't do that. Dr. Diamond Buchel fat removal. 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 There you go. That's pretty good. Thank you, sir. Now do it backwards. <laughs> I can't do that. <laughs> fat Buchel Diamond Doctor. <laughs> Oh. Well, I, I left out removal fat. Removal fat, buccal diamond doctor. <laughs> I'm looking. I'm reading it. Yes. I can see no, it written here. So still good. Still pretty good. Removal fat, buccal diamond doctor. <laughs> uh, I will say this after Doctor Buccal's fat removal uh, that uh, she looks uh, different. Uh, yes. Well, it's that, it's sort of that, what we were talking about, um, who was it yesterday? Oh, yeah, uh, it was uh, Tori Spelling. 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 It's, Terrence it's, and Phillip. Yes, yeah, it gives right. that Terrence and Phillip look. <laughs> if you do too much, it looks like she got not, uh, like, almost too much. It's, right. You know, not as much as Tori. With Dr. Wait, Buchel's fat removal? Wait, what's Buchel? Because his name's Diamond. What's the Buchel? Dr. Diamond Buchel's fat I removal. assume the Buchel is the, is the kind Procedure? of fat. Oh, so the buccal fat removal. So it's Doctor Diamond's Doctor Diamond buccal fat removal. Doctor Diamond buccal fat removal. Okay, it's not plural. <laughs> Maybe someday they'll have a Doctor Diamond buccal fat replacement. Yes, uh, and fill those cheeks back up again. Exactly. Uh, she added, and since I quit drinking, I'm really seeing the results, and I like it. Yeah, I did it. What? 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 Did she wrote what at the end? What? 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 
Uh, no shame in my Dr. Diamond game, she captioned the clip. Yeah. Uh, Dr. Jason Diamond stars in E's Dr. 90210 and Netflix's Celebrity Plastic Surgeons. Yeah, I know this guy. Taking his open up about uh, work she's had in the past, including lipo to her armpits. Huh. Her armpits? Yes. <laughs> Lipo, They're you gotta pits. suck those fatty pits. Their armpits. They look she for stuff, Chris. In her armpits. They well, spend so much time in front of the camera and in front of the mirror. They go, mm, I need to. Yeah, but I they guess look. So. They look like sub boobs. Like all, all, you know, like uh, like they're off to the side, and they, they'll swing around in case, like like a like a mako's teeth. Mm-hmm. If it loses one, they move forward. I mean, I I know what she's talking about, but the fact that you'd actually go and have surgery for that. By the way, Kathy, it's my understanding that lipo is is the most invasive and the most risky. It's yeah, because, because, because mom. it's because it's um it's very bloody. There's a lot of blood involved. Just so ask a time. lot of people. Yes, have you ever seen a procedure yeah. done? Yeah. It's disgusting. No, no, you think I seen it? No, I will not look at that. But <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. I've seen I've yeah. seen videos Disgusting. of it. It's gnarly. Uh, the breast. Uh, she also had breast augmentation and uh, subsequent removal. Uh, so she got the breast uh, implants taken out. So do- oh. did Doctor Diamond take the removed fat from the cheeks and pop it in the? You could maybe you could do that. Yeah, the buccal fat removal <laughs> replacement procedure. At that point, then do you put rouge on your breast? Double secret probation. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, let's see. Big changes are afoot for Christopher Nolan, the iconic director who generated billions for Warner Brothers with uh, the Dark Knight trilogy, has earned his first Best Director Oscar nod for Dunkirk, or he did, uh, is moving his next project to Universal. So Warner Brothers to Universal. It's a big move. He'd been with Warner Brothers for a long time. Uh, the film, which is about World War II scientist J. Robert Oppenheimer, uh, father of the atomic bomb, inspired a bidding war between Sony, Paramount, and Warner Brothers as well. Uh, this move comes amid Nolan's decision to speak out against Warner Brothers, uh, move to send films, excuse me, to HBO Max and movie theaters on the same day. Yeah, the, and he's, a bit of a revolt. He carries a, a, a ton of weight. He is, uh, you know, a uh, highly respected director. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, so he moved. Uh, so Nolan wants his next film to be released exclusively in theaters. And speaking of that, hang on, I have a story that kind of ties into that. Where is it? Uh, it has to do... Uh, with the box office and predictions, uh, yeah. So the global box office is projected to hit 20.2 billion this year, up 68 percent over last year, according to analysts at uh, Gower Street. Did they uh, say what impacted it last year, Preston? No, they have no idea. Huh. No, it's still 52 percent <laughs> under 2019 right. as of September 11th this year. Just under 88 percent of the global cinemas are operating. We are flummoxed. What uh, happened? Warner Brothers, uh, Dune, uh, the latest James Bond, No Time to Die, Sony's, uh, Sony's Venom, Let There Be Carnage, uh, Disney, Marvel, Eternals, and Spider-Man, mm. No Way Home, and Warner Brothers, The Matrix Resurrections are set to be released Later this year. Now, speaking of the Matrix, uh, Matrix 4 director Lana Wachowski says bringing back Neo and Trinity in a surprise reboot of the films helped her manage grief. She said at the uh, International Literature Festival Berlin, uh, she said my dad died, Hmm. then a friend died, then my mom died. I don't really know how to process that kind of grief. I hadn't experienced it that closely you know their lives are going to end, and yet it was still really hard. Um, she said, my brain is always reaching in my imagination. And one night, I was crying and couldn't sleep, and my brain exploded this whole story. And I couldn't have my mom and dad, yet suddenly, I had Neo and Trinity, arguably the two most important characters in my life. 
Uh, she said it was immediately comforting to have these two characters alive again, and it's super simple. Uh, you can look at it and say, okay, these two people die, and okay, bring these two people back to life. And, oh, doesn't that feel good? And, yeah, it did. It's simple, and this is what art does, and that's what stories do. They comfort us. Yeah, listen, that's a healthy healthy way to channel that. I mean, to get those people as important as they are in your life, yeah. uh, all dying within a year. Uh, she also said after showing the film to Keanu, uh, she said he was Whoa. really really blown away by it. Whoa. Whoa. And he said something that was typical Keanu where, where it's incredibly insightful. And he's just sort of sitting there, and you don't expect some incredible revelation to come out of him at that moment. Like, casual brilliance just kind of rolls off Keanu. And he was just sitting there, and he goes, 20 years ago, you told a story in which you described the coming 20 years, and where you described the coming 20 years and the problems of uh, the nature of digital, virtual life, and how it was going to impact us and how we think about it. And gave us a frame to be able to think about it and talk about it. And you took the same character and the same stories and the same stuff. And somehow you made it about the next 20 years. And he was like, how did you do that? Um, so that's cool. The film will land in theaters uh, and on HBO Max on December 22nd. Are there any more donuts left? Uh, <laughs> so that should be pretty cool. So I'm looking forward to that. All right, we're going to jump right over into the clips now. Uh, we will go with this one. Uh, can two strangers find love after just one encounter? Yeah! Here, Jamie <laughs> Otis from Married at First Sight. Explains how even though her relationship seems to be seems so happy on TV, ultimately they're just like us. I think that you know I love you know how we seem so optimistic and positive, of course, today. But the truth of the matter is, is if you were talking to us two weeks ago, I mean, I was literally upstairs crying with greasy hair in the in the in the closet after the end of our couples therapy session. You're a complete mm-hmm. dirty whore. <laughs> who, we, who are we talking to? Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The caller the other day who worked at the White House. Oh, yeah. And her boyfriend at the time had said that he was going to, it said this terrible thing, which I'm not going to say for for fear of getting in trouble myself. And uh, and she had said he was on that show, Married at First Sight. Yes. Uh, Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, New episodes of Married at First Sight airs Wednesdays on Lifetime at 8 p.m. Next clip. The J-Team marks first big screen debut for teen star JoJo Siwa. In this clip, Siwa explains how any negative references to infamous coach Abby Lee Miller had to be cut. There actually was a lot more, I guess I should say Abby references. There's a moment in the movie where actually Miss Poppy's coach when she was little, Mr. Melody, he said something like, I want no, 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 no crying kids in Mr. Melody's class. And I, I once I got the script, I was like, no, because this is not a dig at Abby at all. I don't, I don't want to. I don't think I want to see it. Uh, the J team is streaming on Paramount Plus lot. right now. Have you watched it yet, Preston? No, <laughs> no. I barely know who she is, but she has just under 11 million followers on Instagram. It's, they did um, social media darlings on uh, Family Feud one night a couple weeks ago. They had her, and uh, I forget who the other one was, but. I mean millions upon millions oh, upon yeah. millions of followers. And I had, I was attempting to determine what it exactly was that they do. What is the talent? What is, I guess she dances. Mm-hmm. She was one of the teen, right. uh, you know. And she'll be on Dances with the Stars this season. Yeah, that's so, right. You know, she's just going to keep growing. Yeah. 
Wow. On the J team, which is what we're all on now. All right, and that, what does the J stand for, do we know? Uh, JoJo, Joe I guess. guess. The JoJo team? Oh. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I so honestly thought it was her. Jewish. I, I did, too. <laughs> I, I like J-Date. Yeah. I was like, oh, she's on the J The team. Jewish team. Yeah. Shalom. <laughs> all right, and uh, that's the entertainment report. Uh, we're going to take a break. We have several guests on the show this morning. We'll be joined by Michael Gandolfini. Yeah. And Alessandro Nivola, who are both in The Many Saints of Newark, which is the prequel to The Sopranos. Uh, and we will talk to those guys around 8.30 this morning. Um, and we also have uh, Melora Harden from season 30 of Dancing with the Stars. Yes, in the She's office. In the office, yep. Um, and more. We're going on Fox. Good day, all this other stuff. So we're going to take a break. We'll come back in just a moment. Don't forget, secret text word, chance for you to see the Black Crows and Dirty Honey next Thursday. BB&T Pavilion text word, secret to 39333. Oh, and the money clips, too. We'll be back in just a little bit. You've waited all summer. All right, you guys ready? And it's almost here. Yeah! Casino and Hotel Philadelphia presents MMRBQ. Saturday, September 25th at BB&T Pavilion. The all-day rock festival. Yeah, it's going to be good, huh? Featuring Jane's Addiction, The Offspring, and Cheap Trick. We're going to be drinking. We're going to have a good time. Tickets to party on the lawn start at just 25 bucks, And get you general admission for the first five bands. Dirty Honey, Dorothy, Mammoth Wolfgang Van Halen, Aaron Jones, and Foxtrot and the Get Down. MMRBQ 2021. We're ready to rock! From 93.3 WMMR. Everything that rocks. Presented by Live Casino and Hotel Philadelphia. In the heart of South Philly. Game on. So we've had a substitution here on the Preston and Steve show. Nick left. Now batting. I think I think he was offended. In from Nick McElwain. I think he was offended when we said his girlfriend pushed him off the mountain. <laughs> <laughs> okay, he said that. Uh, no, he had an appointment, so uh, Marissa's going to be stepping in. Hey! Hey! Tag teamed. Nick McElwain this morning. By the way, there was a, um, uh, let me see, where was that text? Uh, of course, I plugged the secret text word. Yeah, it said, uh, oh, are the Sopranos doing a prequel, question mark? Yes, they are. Yes. And uh, we are going to have the stars on uh, about 8.30, Michael Gandolfini and Alessandro Nivola. It's called The Many Saints of Newark. So, yes, indeed, that is a Sopranos prequel. And then the other random text that says, what pretty outfit is Casey wearing today? Oh, man. That's from somebody else. I have no idea, and they want to know. So, I am wearing. Oh, that's a great shirt. This is a, this is a birthday present that I got from my buddy Jeff. Uh, the guy who's in love with Howie Long. Yes. And uh, it's a picture of Lloyd Christmas. It's great. And it says, I'm okay. It's, I mean, it says, it's okay. It's okay. I'm a limo driver. There you right. go. And you're wearing blue shorts. I'm wearing blue shorts. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I like these shorts because they have zippers for pockets. Yes. Right? Break me off a piece of that. Yeah. yeah. So there you go. Answer to the uh, the random question. <laughs> um, I saw this article I thought was uh, had some interesting things in it. Uh, it was from BuzzFeed, and uh, they were citing a Reddit thread. It was uh, spouses sharing the random things that they learned about their partner after they got married. We've talked about many times... Uh, good idea, in our personal opinion, uh, to cohabitate before saying those vows. Now, this is, uh, yes, I agree. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just took a deep dive over the weekend on uh, Discovery Plus. Uh-huh. There's a show, uh, I think it's called Evil Lives Here. <laughs> and it's about people in the house, Preston. But so many of these are, I married this person. Right. Now, mind you, that's on a horrific scale. Right. Sometimes you find out, like, they don't put the cap back on the toothpaste. Right. But sometimes the amount of stories of, like, 
horrifying stuff right. where yeah. these people are doing it absolutely without the knowledge of the person living right in the house with them mm-hmm. is amazing. And it's also, I mean, it's it's funny because there is, you know, it's a two-sided argument. Yeah. Where, like, you, if you have uh, a spouse that is overly neat, and I'm not, this isn't attacking anybody, and then you have an, another <laughs> spouse who is let's say what guy's normal. name is the guy's name is Basie and the other one is Fly Ann. <laughs> <laughs> I was actually talking about Gavin. Gavin. <laughs> <laughs> um, I would say normal, right? And I'm not saying overly messy. Right. But I do I do know that that this happened with people that I know and and the wife was overly neat and then like yeah. oh, to the to the point to the to the extent where you know if there were socks left on the floor she'd flip the freak out. Mm-hmm. And and you know, like, well, you know how much this bothers me, so why can't you just put them away? I, who is this person? But, but it's your Kevin. sister that you never knew <laughs> you never had. Knew and Kev, and I understand it's a fair argument. You know how much this bothers me. Please Pick put them away. The damn socks. But also at the same time, it's like there's some give and take. It's just it's, it's, yeah. it's just no, a parasite. Yeah, give it. and take. Why are you acting it. like I just murdered our puppy on the kitchen right. floor? You we, know? Don't, like, we don't know the, what the, the, the right. gist of these things are. They could be very innocuous here. They may not be real things that send people into... T- it might be something pleasant that you right. find out about something. True. And some of these are these <laughs> yeah. are interesting. I'm going to give the examples here in a second. I explained uh, how fanatical I was to a friend of mine one time, and she was like really delved in... Like She was like, I don't... Okay, she's like, so explain to me, because I... I made a comment, and I think it sounded worse than it actually was. But I said, "I can't go to bed if there's mail on the count on the kitchen counter." And she wait, was like, "You said that?" Yes, I was explaining to her like how fanatical I am about things, and she was like, "Okay, hold on, back up." She's like, right. "Explain to me what what goes through your head? Why can't you go to bed? Can't you just open the mail tomorrow?" And I was like. Not really. Like it has to be opened. Throw like it, I see. One of my big yeah. things is is uh, the kitchen counter. Oh if, yeah, if there is stuff. On the kitchen counter, it drives me insane. And listen, it's my stuff too. Yeah. So you know what I mean. I have to go through my mail or put away whatever is there. But if there's stuff left out, uh, drives me nuts. So from from uh, your husband's point of view, is this something that he's just aghast at? I mean, at this point, it's been so long. Whatever. He's just giving. Okay. Yeah. He's he's been beaten into. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but my question then, going, going back to the original uh, thing, is was this apparent when you guys were dating right so like do you know what i mean like did i've been he... like this my in so my he knew what he was getting into this wasn't school... a surprise yeah got, my high school bedroom was like my mom always left it was like my own little apartment i had it all organized <laughs> all right i want to give these examples because they're not that okay yeah. this is all something right, right. different so like here's an example right here it says i learned that my husband holds his balls while he sleeps <laughs> almost all uh... night long if he if he's <laughs> sleeping on his stomach or side he doesn't but as soon as he lies on his back, he holds on tightly like they're going <laughs> to run away or something. I, and it cracks me up. Like, this doesn't drive them crazy. They no. just find it kind of funny. Okay. Right. The, the things that you never... Now, that, the, actually, I do that as well uh, fairly often. You have to. I, well, I put my hand over my, my nuts because <laughs> when my cats... My cats like to sleep between my legs. Mm-hmm. And Oscar likes to do what they call making biscuits. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And I and swear to God, I have woken... <laughs> ah! I do it just because it feels good. Yeah. yeah. Well, let Temperature me ask you. control, too. I, I understand this, and I definitely, I don't necessarily sleep on my back, but I feel very vulnerable when I'm laying on my back. And, do you know what I mean? So I wonder if this is a sort of a thing that he has learned over time. Let me cover this up. A defense mechanism. A defense mechanism. Especially Maybe. with, like, kids and animals, I feel like right. you're in danger. All right, is here's another any? example. It says, uh, I learned that my husband snores when he is awake and relaxed. <laughs> 
He can be watching TV in bed, but will start snoring, eyes open, engaging in conversation, laughing, then snoring. Have you ever, have you ever known someone who just sort of does that? No. Makes a snoring sound with, I have. And and the person was very large. You know, okay. Yeah, that can be just yeah. a you know problem with that. Uh, how about this one? My wife makes sex noises while she sleeps. A lot of these happen in, in oh, bed. Oh, during the sleep, okay. Uh, I didn't tell her about it until after she went on a weekend trip with her friends, and they said something about it. Oh, my God. It. Right. Oh, that's terrible. Yeah. Uh, I like this one, too. It says, I learned, this is the things that people learned after they got married. I learned that my husband only eats his cereal out of glasses. What? Like he refused to eat it out oh. of a bowl. <laughs> Soup, salad, whatever else. That's fine in a bowl. But cereal, nope. Needs a goddamn glass. That's really funny. All right, so is there anything that you learned? Um, uh, I mean, probably I you, haven't done any mental digging to remember the things. Yeah, because it's so long now. And right. you lived with Rochelle for a oh, while. Yeah, I lived for with years Claire before, for, yeah, for yeah. yeah, so you you knew. But, I, I mean, was there anything that surprised you when you did start living together? Probably. Um, the one I do have one thing. When, when my wife eats... A lot of times, like the way you make your your groaning sounds of of joy, press yeah, injury, yeah. Mm-hmm. she closes her eyes. Oh yeah. So when she's eating, she closes her eyes, and okay. sometimes I'm like, "Are you falling asleep?" <laughs> <laughs> um, when this one says, "When I first moved in together, I learned that my husband sits down to pee," and I thought it was weird until he explained that he had four sisters. And she said, at least I never have to worry about dribbles on the seat being left up. So there you go. I will occasionally sit down to pee if I just want to luxuriate. I do, too. I do, too. Just if I want to, if if it's a quick, especially if I want to break out the phone and kind of spend a moment just sitting down. Eat a sandwich. Sure. Doesn't someone do it in the middle of the night? I do. As a matter of fact, that's the only time I do it is if I wake up to pee in the middle of the night. Sit to pee. Oh, in the middle of the night, always. Always. Oh, okay. Too damn tired to stand up there. That's a great Iron Maiden album, Sit to Pee. Sit to Pee. I also don't want to wake up too much. Do you know what I mean? Oh, totally. Yeah. Yeah. Because then, the then you're awake. Harder to yeah. go back to sleep. Yeah. Uh, here's another one that says My husband turns on the shower while he poops. Not to shower afterwards, just because he likes the steam. The steam, or okay. is he blocking the sound? I th- he says it's just because he likes the steam. I think uh, I think we have a winner here. That that is bizarre. <laughs> you're turning on the shower. You're you're wasting water mm-hmm. so that you can take a dump. And you're mm-hmm. also steaming up the room. You're already steaming. And by the way, if you <laughs> steam up disgusting. a room full of poop odor, yeah, oh, oh, man, terrible. that's worse. I could understand that in like a small apartment for the noise. Is that what you do? No, <laughs> I don't have to. Uh, here's a funny text that came. It says, "You know what I learned about my ex-wife when we moved in together? She's a." Bitch. <laughs> <laughs> See, and she probably I kept think, that from you. I think a lot of times that probably happens. Uh, here's a text that says, and feel free to call in with these, gang, 215-263-WMMR. This one says, uh, they learned that my husband won't step on any floor without shoes. Has house shoes. If I hide them, he won't get up from the couch or the bed. Oh, so I the world is like a lava game for him. Totally. Yeah. He's got to wear shoes. Floor's lava. <laughs> I guess he's afraid of getting his feet dirty or something like that. Here's another one that says, I found out, this is a text coming in. I found out my fiance peels the breading or skin off of chicken nuggets and eats it and then eats the actual chicken. Oh, I can't. It do was that. really weird to discover, uh, and that's what they wrote. Right. So, so they will they will peel off. It's not they're peeling off the breading because they don't want to eat it. They just want to eat it separately yeah. from the chicken. I might have something that's similar. I okay. find that a lot of times, especially if it's a place that's known for their like you know the, the great fried chicken, I will peel I will peel that <laughs> off, eat the chicken, and eat the the skin or the the the, the batter covering. 
after the fact. Okay. Yeah. You know? That is the tastiest part. It really is. is. I think. For so. us, you have friends who uh, his uh, wife turned salad into a sandwich and sandwiched into a salad, that's, right? That's Will. It's Lori. Oh, what happened? Yeah. 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 She, she, if, if, right. if she gets a salad and, you know, sometimes comes with yeah. like a breadstick or something like that, she'll find a way. She'll open up the bread and she'll make a little sandwich and eat it that way. And if it's a sandwich, she will deconstruct it. To break it down to its components and then eat it with knife and fork as what? if it's a salad. Wow. It's hilarious. Wow. Does she know? Like, oh, yeah. She knows you guys talk about Oh, this? yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. We'll say it right in front of her. Yeah. <laughs> Look at you. You turn that sandwich into a salad again. Um, here's one that says, here's another eating thing. Um, says he eats, and we've talked about this before, he eats the entire apple, the core, the stem, <laughs> the it. seeds, Everything. Oh, that's my dad. Yeah, what? right? Yeah. I remember you talking about that. I'm not sure my mom knew what she was getting into. That's gross. <laughs> Yeah, oh my God, yeah, he gnaws through it. It's like waxy, right, Preston? I mean, the mm-hmm. core and everything? Uh, I don't know if he does it anymore, but uh, yeah, I mean, growing up, like he would, anything. I mean, there was like, even on a, a peach, like there was nothing left on the pin. Janice uh, Joplin taught me that. Yeah. <laughs> Here's a text that says, I learned my new husband is a psychopath because he eats his Kit Kats like a goddamn banana. No. Peeling no. it and then taking a bite instead of breaking it apart. What? He peels, peels the chocolate, chocolate off? off? How do you do that? Oh, no, no, no. I can see that with a Kit Kat. Like you start or, peeling the layers. Or, or do you no. mean the wrapper? I think peeling the wrapper. wrapper. I think down. that's what they mean. Oh, well, that's okay. If, that's... You're, if you're looking to protect oh, your hands from the chocolate. Like the bana- I get it. I get it. I When I was a kid, there was a time because I loved Butterfingers. They were oh, like yeah. my, my one of my go-to candy bars, and I would, uh, as Casey used to do on the nuts, suck the chocolate <laughs> off. Suck the chocolate <laughs> off of the nuts. there was just that orange, mm-hmm. whatever that stuff is, I in the middle it. of a Butterfinger, yeah. and just eat it that way. It's like peanut butter-like matter. Yeah, but, I love but crunchy. I love picking the Butterfinger out of my teeth when... <laughs> You guys know what I'm talking suck about, those right? Nuts to the core. I just suck it till it's the core. No, with the the butterfinger goop, whatever that stuff is, it gets stuck in your teeth, and like picking it out is. Kathy, I know that grosses you up, so I wash my hands first. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> All right. <laughs> you, know. uh, you guys don't. Hang on a second. I'm the only one who gets butterfingers stuck in their teeth. Uh, no, I don't, I mean, I like, don't yeah, eat butterfingers. Of course it will, but I never have uh, reveled in picking it out of my teeth. Oh. In fact, I find picking things out of my teeth kind of annoying, to it's, be honest. I don't like oh, it. no. You dig Big, that? The, yeah, well, the bigger the chunk, the better. Yeah. Okay. okay. <laughs> uh, here's another interesting. These are things that people found out about their spouse after they got married. This one says, I was friends with my husband for 16 years before we got engaged and moved in together. All right. And that's when I found out that he insists on sleeping Fully clothed, not in like a t-shirt and pajama bottoms, in his friggin' jeans, no. shirt, and even oh, his no. shoes. What well, do you think that's predicated one. on? I a do fight or flight sort of deal? A deer in the house. Yeah, remember? yeah. You, you gotta keep your shoes on just in case. <laughs> uh, here's one that says my husband taps his foot like all the time when he's sitting, when he's lying down, even in his sleep. I thought it was a weird comfort thing. But all three of our kids do the same. Is thing. it a neurological thing? I wonder. I don't know. Or yeah. if, or maybe he's a drummer. Yeah. Because <laughs> Rochelle, like years ago, she's like, "Are you nervous or what's yeah. going on?" I'm like, "No, I'm playing a rhythm. Like, so I have my fingers. I'm, I'm tapping my my hands, and, and I'm always just working out some kind of a, a rhythm." I've seen uh, you play or, your dog before. I yeah. I, I play. I, yeah. I play. <laughs> Rook, I'd sit there and play him like a bongo, uh, and he loves it because it's like I'm petting him. Yeah, yeah. I also do the same thing with my teeth and my tongue. You chatter them together. I'll bang out a rhythm. Yeah. Mm. Mm-hmm. 
Oh. <laughs> Most of it I can only hear. Uh, but I'll do that to just uh, play a little rhythm. So. Well, Rochelle, sometimes the, the kids jump into a drum circle and like you... should. Uh, this one also... Here's another one. It says, uh, he chews bubble gum for like 30 seconds and swallows it. Oh, no, 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 and no. And we'll do it with like 10 to 20 pieces of gum back to back. Chew them, swallow them like they're Skittles. Mm-hmm. They're not much different than what's in the middle of Skittles. Well, anyway, wait so. a second. Aren't Skittles the, the you can eat it as a candy? No, and those, a gum? No. that's Razzles. Razzles, Razzles that's right. Razzles, yes. Yeah. Uh, hang on. Let me go to some calls here. I have Frank. Good morning, Frank. Kimichiwa, bitches. Kimichiwa <laughs> to you, sir. What's going on, man? So, uh, me and my fiance, we just moved in together last November. And, um, amazing woman. Love her very much. She eats her soup with a fork. What? <laughs> she eats her soup <laughs> with a fork. With a fork. Now, I assume she's not like tomato soup. It's got to be something with some substance in there, right? Uh, it doesn't matter. Doesn't matter to her. She will eat tomato soup like a bisque with a fork. Yeah, have you asked her why? Did something? Was her father killed by a spoon? (laughs) Um, no, he's he's normal, but um, (laughs) I don't know. That's just what she's into. Wow, so I can see like like they used to say ramen, and like ramen makes sense to eat with a fork. Yeah, but it's like hey. This is chicken noodle. We have spoons. We're doing all right. I bought spoons. Look. <laughs> we're doing all right. <laughs> Look at me. I'm, we're, we're on Easy Street. We got spoons. Yeah. Uh, I can That's see funny, certain, Frank. certain soups with a fork. Then they, they used to be the Hungry Man. Chunky. Uh, no, yeah, Chunky. chunky yeah. You, you're going to want to eat it with a... Uh... You could eat it with a fork. So think you could eat a fork, but use a spoon to get every drop. Yeah. yeah. So uh, that's interesting. Huh. Uh, let me go to Kelly. Hey, Kelly, good morning. Hey, bitches. Hey, what, Kelly? All right, what interesting thing did you find out about uh, your significant other once you lived with them? So it was my boyfriend in college, um, and, okay, so this is so strange. Anytime that he had to take a bowel movement, he would strip from head to toe. Every ounce of clothing off of him, stark naked. Like, he would leave class in the middle of class, go home to the apartment, strip to take a deuce. I think that's more common than you think. I think she, I think you're right. I've heard that from other people that they, yep. they cannot have any clothing on them. Yeah, I think it must be a guy. I, I used to, and I've since gotten past this, I used to have to take my shirt off. Really? When I would poop because I was afraid of getting poop on it. The getting poop on it, that it would hang down the back and either touch the, the inside rim of the toilet. Got you or, worried. Or something in there. You know what the, And I used to wear hockey jerseys a lot, and oh, those yeah. hang They're way low. below your butt line, so I would definitely take that off. So if you're wearing a suit, if you're wearing a Well, listen. But listen, going home, for, Thanks, leaving, uh, going home and crossing great distances to go be naked in your own bathroom is kind of uh, weird. But plus, if you've had a suit on and stuff like that, and you have to hold everything up because yeah. it hangs low. You want to be, you don't want to get skid marks on your shirt. Remember my friend w- had to wear a suit to work and um, oh. he was he was sitting at his desk and he was like, what does that smell? What I smell it. What is it? What is it? And no. he had gotten it on the sleeve oh, of his no. of his shirt, of his button down shirt. And <sighs> He ended up having to, like, make up an excuse at work to run home. He lived maybe, like, 20 minutes away. Okay. Had to run home and completely change. He could have cut the sleeves off and just worn a suit jacket. <laughs> uh, let's see here. Let's see. Uh, nah, that one's not okay. so bad. This is October. I will be married eight years. And last month I found out uh, he likes to drink whole milk with his spaghetti. <laughs> Oh, it's not that bad. It's not that weird. It's it, not it, weird. They're not necessarily mixed together, but no. I want a divorce. I've like eaten, you know, pizza and had milk or something like that before. All right, here's one. This is interesting. Uh, this is uh, text came in. It says, while eating a sandwich, my wife will take a bite 
and flip over the sandwich to take another bite. And she flips over the sandwich oh, every bite. <laughs> it's as if she's trying to even out the sandwich. And I've explained to her that you could just move your mouth over a centimeter and take a bite, and that would even out your sandwich. But she still flips the thing over after every single bite. Sometimes the eating things, they, you know, because obviously you're with this person and you are eating, we assume, as often together, those little... Takes those little weird things oh, can yeah. drive you out oh, of yeah. your oh, skull. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Most definitely. I know you. You used to press in about the drive-through window protocol uh, when oh you were ordering. <laughs> it still gives me anxiety. That's that's the slightest bit of anxiety. Yeah. When we're about half a mile away from the restaurant, I will go. What does everybody want? <laughs> uh huh. Okay. Right. I don't know. Well, you don't know. We're going to McDonald's, man. We've been there our entire lives. Do you have soda? No big surprise. Yeah, yeah. That's going to be there when we when we pull up to the the menu, and I will memorize it because as as Joe Pesci once eloquently and simply yeah. said, they f you in the drive. They do. So if you do not have your order together and and clearly state right. it, then they're going to mess it up. And I'm just trying to avoid that whole nightmare. Of going back and trying to get <laughs> right, something. Right. So anyhow, I hate that. I can't oh, yeah. stand that. I'm like, just tell me what you want. I'm going to kill you. And if you can just give me a number, like a number six, if you happen to have that memorized, that'd be great. But anyway, uh, let's see. Some other examples. I love this one. This is something somebody found out about their spouse after they got married. She says, he sleeps with pieces of tissue in his ears because he believes that his ears leak wax. Oh, okay. I, she said, I've never disgusting. seen this happen. I found it gross in the beginning, but seven years in, I just pick up those tissues bits from the floor, <laughs> from the bathroom floor without bother. Okay, well, you should clean them up after yourself, A. Your but, ear tissues. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, yeah, uh, but common decency. I was, before you finish that sentence, I was thinking, you know, Maybe. As an earplug? As, well, so bugs didn't crawl in your ears. Oh. I know that's about what, that. That's what the bud plug is for. <laughs> to is keep that, the earwigs out. Is that a fear you've heard no. of before? No. Well, okay. but you, I have heard time and time again that you swallow X amount of spiders in yeah. your sleep. And, and they're not quite you know. sure what the deal is. But, but if you, uh, have you heard of anyone who has ears that leak wax while they no. sleep? No. 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 Uh, let's see here. This text says, been with my husband for 33 years and just found out that his toes don't bend. <laughs> <laughs> is that, is that a revel? Is that like Roy Scheider on the beach in Jaws when he sees the kid get attacked and everything just sort of warps around him? That's, or is it like, oh, that's interesting. That's weird. Okay. So toes the don't toes bend. don't bend, meaning that their joints are fused. Yeah, so it must be. What's your walking like? You walk like a robot? I don't know. I wonder if that affects... How they tap walk? Dancing. No, <laughs> well, tap dancing probably. <laughs> I have one that I thought was weird, but maybe you guys can tell me. Is this Matt? Yes. Okay. I, we're in the honeymoon period, but like it's been a couple years. I can start talking <laughs> about it. Yes, right? yes, you can. <laughs> he locks the door every time he's in the bathroom. Like not just like bathroom, bathroom, but like shower. Like closes the door, locks it. He will actually like, shut turn, turn a lock. Ooh. Yes. So my guess is he's spanking it in the shower. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's doing something. In the door. No, because I've asked him about it, and he says he comes from, like, all the years he spent on the road and, like, being in hotel rooms uh, and things like that. And if the no. maid was coming in. Oh, oh he so... locks the house door. No, yeah. no, he locks no, no, no. The, bathroom the bathroom door. door. Oh, yeah, the house yeah. door is also, like, all the locks, all the everything. And I'm Rochelle like, yeah, is, Rochelle is lock crazy. So we have, uh, you know, we have uh, um, uh, a couple of balconies on the upper floors, and... The door, she will lock those if we're all at home and everything is safe. And I'm like, 
someone is going to have to scale our home, <laughs> the side of our house, yeah. to get in through that way. And it just, okay, but anyway. I have that, that's in me. So my mother always used to, like even in the summer, lock the screen doors. Uh, you know, it was always part of the deal. So I'm that same way, too. And I, I lock the doors in situations where you really don't need to lock. Yeah. But it's kind of a thing. But it bothers me because I can't just walk into your house, Press, when I'm down the shore riding <laughs> right. my bike. Every time, you try, to, every time yeah, right. you try to scale up to the balcony, you can't get in. You can't you pull a Kramer. I can't pull a... Hey! Yeah. Uh, and I feel bad, though, too, because you guys have to walk down the steps in order to answer the door. And I feel like that's, like, a lot of work. I'll get of, you a key, man. Yeah. Right. Or just, we'll yeah. work that out. Uh, there was one, uh, going back to eating, that somebody had mentioned years ago that I kind of do now, and I didn't realize it until somebody had pointed it out. This is back when we worked at Y100, but somebody said, it was these uh, compulsion type of things we were talking about, that they can't eat the last bite of a sandwich. What? Oh, yeah, and I, I sometimes this. find myself doing that, too. And I'm like, that. I don't know why. Uh, I guess maybe if you get to the end of a, of a sandwich, sometimes it's just bread, you know yeah. what I mean? And there's not so they just kind of toss some it. goodness in there, or yeah. just leave it on the plate. You know, if you're out at a restaurant or something like that, and, and then they come and take it away. Listen, I have a ton of things I know that I do, but that's my wife will do that with the, yeah. you know, the the one twenty fourth bit of a sandwich right, with a right. little bit of turkey in it on the on the <laughs> on the on the counter. The one thing she doesn't do is go to the triangle yeah. and ring it so the cats know. Come get it! Yeah, because that's what they end up doing. Well, yeah, my dogs usually get the last bite if they're if I'm not going to take the last bite. The All dogs right. will get the last bite, but my wife will not. Uh, and and this wasn't a surprise when we got married or moved in together. But she does not eat the last uh, of a shared appetizer, right? So if we have a shared appetizer, oh, yeah. and well, you get it. Yeah, that's very considerate. That's yeah. considerate. Yeah, yeah. The, the difference is that if it's your one, if it's your sandwich, why you don't finish it? Yeah, but I know I know people do that. It's a thing. Um, I have some other really good ones. Uh, I know we got a break. Uh, let's see. This one says he airboxes when he thinks no one's around, <laughs> and it always makes me laugh. That used to be me. <laughs> Preston. Uh, yeah, he slaps his own booty when he gets out of the shower. He has what? a certain <laughs> he has a certain beat that he keeps, and it's very loud. That's great. Uh, this one says my husband irons all of his clothes. I'm talking swim trunks, t-shirts, underwear, even his socks, and refuses to wear anything that he hasn't pressed. Um, this one says, my husband brushes his teeth with scalding hot water. He thinks it gets his teeth cleaner. Kathy, okay. that sounds like something you might yeah. do. <laughs> I actually prefer warm water when I brush my teeth. Okay. Uh, and let me see here. One more thing. Uh, no, I've already covered all those. So anyhow, uh, there are things that one finds out after they spend a little bit of time together alone, in a home, an apartment, wherever it may be. And sometimes it's a little bit strange. But you know what? After a while... You start to just go, whatever, man. And there's divorce. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah then there's that. Uh, so anyhow, thanks for your calls. I appreciate it. And I apologize to those that we are not able to get to that are on hold now. We do need to take a break. You know why? We have money to give away yeah. in the form of the WMMR money clip. And we want to stay on time. The next opportunity, the first of our day, is at 8 a.m., which is about 14 minutes away. So we're going to take a break. We'll come back in a second. We'll get to that as well as the bizarre file. So make sure that you are with us. Get social with Preston and Steve and WMMR. Facebook, Twitter, you know, the usual places. Back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. We're going live on Fox Good Day right now. Oh, it's Dr. Preston and Steve and the crew over at MMR now. Uh, 
This is so sad yesterday, guys. When Norm Macdonald, we heard that he died at just 61 years of age. I didn't realize he was so sick. I guess nobody did, Preston. Yeah, they. Um, uh, all the people that are commenting that were friends on him said that it was a, a really well-kept secret. And, uh, you know, we had no idea. And it came out of nowhere. And, you know, his, um, uh, his publicist, I believe it was, who stated in Friend... Um, that he wanted to keep it secret. I always find it amazing that people can keep that kind yeah, of secret, especially yeah. if you're in the spotlight. Mm-hmm. But he didn't want the focus to be on the fact that he was ill and he just wanted to, you know, remain doing his comedy and not have that be overshadowing things. But I immediately thought of Steve because um, Norm was pretty much your, your Com- favorite comedy comic. idol. Yeah, yeah. N- n- nobody yeah. like him. He, a comedian's comedian. And uh, the thing that the thing that everyone says about him is that he he had this persona that you know I don't quite understand this. And blah. the truth is, he was a very smart guy, and you needed to be yeah. that smart to get that the economy of his language, his jokes, his concepts. He takes something and just turn it slightly and make it hilarious, and that's why he was a Letterman favorite and a John Stewart oh, favorite yeah. and a Jim Carrey favorite, and all all the, the 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 giants of comedy looked at him and said, "That's the guy. That's." That's the comedian's comedian. Yeah. Hey, can I, uh, I'm going to play some audio. Remember back in the 90s when uh, Bob Dole was running for president? Yes. So, so he would impersonate Bob Dole right in front of Bob Dole's face. <laughs> right. And so here's a little bit. of This is sound. In order to give the American people the kind of presidential campaign they deserve, <laughs> I can't do it like Bill Clinton is just a man. That's why I intend to undergo a series of medical procedures. <laughs> Which will permit me to campaign not as a man, but as a kind of a half-man, half-woman. <laughs> <laughs> he had him down, Bob Dole. And Bob Dole responded yesterday, yeah. Preston. Yeah. That was, really, that was really sweet of him to do that. You know, he, he, he appreciated the parody and, and got a kick out of it. He got the joke, and I thought that was a class act to it. To, Post a statement like that, and talk about being flattered, like Larry yeah. King as well. Yeah, you know, he yeah. did a great Larry King, and and uh, it's, it's Norm McDonald's comedy was the comedy of the absurd, and that's what made it so great. So everyone could find something to laugh at, and of course the stuff he did on SNL, the Burt Reynolds stuff on on Burt Jeopardy. Reynolds. Yeah, it's legendary. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. Did, he came into the radio station, didn't he? Yeah, he did. and it was one of the only times Steve's ever been nervous when we've had a guest. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, oh, oh yeah, I don't get nervous really with with uh, many other people, but Norm is such an icon. Yeah, when he came in, I'm like, please like us, please <laughs> like us, and uh, he did, and he hung out and took pictures, and he was awesome. And he's, yeah. he's, you know, when you admire somebody like that, you guys know. You get somebody who've, who've really loved their work from afar, and then you get to meet them, and, and you run it. Yep. You run a. You're on a tightrope. Will they be cool? That's Will they right. be bad? You know, and it can screw up everything. Mm-hmm. Norm only reinforced our adoration for him. Yep, that's awesome. Yep. All right, thanks, guys. Thank you, guys. Take care. All you right. It. Um, it is. Uh, you know, uh, that, good eight is Wednesday, September fifth. That walked right up to the time where we need to do our money clips. So, Casey, ah! can you flip those Got things? Got you, buddy. It is now time for you to win some money. 93.3 WMMR. It's time for an MMR money clip. All right. That's bullshit, Jackson. Oh. Now, here's your money clip keyword. All right. Sorry, I jumped on him there, but we do have a word for you, and it is currency. Spelled C-U-R-R-E-N-C-Y. Currency. And you will have until 15 minutes after the hour to enter that. There are three ways for you to do it. You can text the word currency to our special contest short code number, which is 45911. 
Or if you'd like to be entered for the $10,000 grand prize, just enter it via the MMR app or at WMMR.com. And one random entry wins $500 in our company-wide contest. That person will get a call from Beasley. Make sure you answer your phone. Contest rules available at WMMR.com. And this whole thing is sponsored by Horizon Services. So, again... The word is currency. Let's get you that 500 bucks. And we're also going to take a look at NJM Insurance Group traffic. What's going on this morning, Kathy? We've got an accident north on 95. It's jammed the Betsy Ross Bridge to Cotman. Two left lanes are blocked here with this accident. South on 95, heavy from Academy all the way into Girard, the Vine. Uh, westbound backing up. Uh, you're slow pretty much the length of, of the westbound side. Eastbound also jams from the Schuylkill to Broad Street. Uh, on the Schuylkill Expressway eastbound, it's slow 202 into uh, Belmont. The Blue Road to Conshohocken is where you're uh, really heavy here this morning. And then uh, slow again from uh, City Avenue into Spring Garden. Westbound side, University to South, the Boulevard to Belmont, the Blue Road out to 202. Uh, Pennsylvania Turnpike, westbound. We've got construction between Route 29 and Downingtown. The right lane closed, uh, so you're jammed out there as well. Blue Route, North Bounce only 95 to McDade Boulevard Media to Route 1. And then uh, in New Jersey, expect delays on 55 northbound from Deptford to the 42 Freeway, 42 North Heavy College Drive to 295. This traffic report brought to you by Wendy's Breakfast. Rise, shine, and dine for just $1.99. Head to Wendy's for a sausage or bacon egg and Swiss croissant for just $1.99 during breakfast hours. Choose wisely. Choose Wendy's. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. And that's your traffic on 93.3 WMMR. All right, here we go. Now, Bizarre. WMMR presents Bizarre. Kristen and Steve's Bizarre. Bizarre Final. It is brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. You can download the DraftKings app and use the code ROCK to get in on the action. All right, we're going to start with a follow-up story from this whole thing in South Carolina, Ooh. from the, uh, the lawyer, that whole family that we've been following for a little while now, and a stunning turn of events. A South Carolina man was charged yesterday with shooting troubled attorney Alex Murdaugh in the head in an assisted suicide plot to secure $10 million in insurance money What? just three months after Murdaugh's wife and son were murdered. Can you believe this? It just keeps getting thicker. I mean, this is, if you're a fan, if you would listen to any murder podcast, you got to follow this story. The alleged conspiracy was laid out in court documents released after Curtis Edward Smith, 61 years old, was collared for the botched shooting, which Murdaugh had survived. Mr. Murdaugh had supplied this according to uh, court documents, I believe. Uh, the affidavit said, Mr. Murdaugh supplied Mr. Smith with a firearm and directed Mr. Smith to shoot him in the head. Jeez. And they added that Murdaugh hoped that an insurance payout would go to his sur- sole surviving son. Uh, the affidavit indicates that Murdaugh confessed to the scheme on Monday and named Smith as the shooter. Smith then admitted to being there and getting rid of the gun. Smith was also charged with distribution of methamphetamine and possession of marijuana. Uh, a law enforcement official said that Smith and Murdaugh knew each other and that Smith allegedly supplied the lawyer with drugs because it came out he had a drug problem. That's right. Court records show Murdaugh had represented Smith in a personal injury lawsuit a decade ago. Uh, Smith's arrest and the charges are the most astounding of development yet in a saga with more twists than a low country back road that are already including a double murder, drug addiction, and allegations of embezzlement. So... I can't wait to see the movie of this. There is more and more. So there will be more from this we will have to see. But that's just a nutty story. 
All right, how about this, man? A YouTuber has deleted her channel after <laughs> accidentally posting an outtake where she coached her nine-year-old crying son on how he should be posing for a video thumbnail. California-based Jordan Cheyenne describes herself as a beauty and lifestyle content creator and has posted vlogs often about raising her son Christian as a single mother since 2013. In the video, which was titled We Are Heartbroken and uploaded on Wednesday, last Wednesday, Cheyenne told viewers that her family's new puppy had been diagnosed with uh, parvovirus, a condition that can be fatal for unvaccinated dogs. At the end of the video, presumably in a portion that she had intended to cut out, she can be seen telling her son to pose for the camera as he wept. And she said, act like you're crying. Uh, she pulled him into her chest. And he goes, I am crying. I'm actually seriously sad. Uh, due to the increased backlash, Cheyenne, who brands herself as an Instagram growth coach on her website, which is still live, said that she would stop including her son in her YouTube videos. But criticism continued. And on Monday, she said in a statement, to Insider that she was pulling down her channel to focus on Christian's health and well-being. I, when I watched this and I watched the video, I was furious because mm-hmm. this kid was actually going through a moment, sat over the puppy, yeah. and she's basically saying, you're not doing it right. Get in the camera. We got to sell this. Yep. And you know how many other vloggers or how many other people on social media, when you see them crying on the camera, you know that they're doing that so that they'll get more followers. She said in a statement, getting completely offline, canceling all videos and monetization and prioritizing my child are all I care about. Uh, the video was quickly deleted, but not before it was re-uploaded on a source of a score of social media platforms. Uh, the same day Cheyenne posted a follow-up uh, titled, I am immensely disappointed in myself attempting to explain and excuse her behavior. Isn't that despicable? Yep, absolutely. All right, uh, this is not the treasure most hope to find. I just saw this story. Seven-year-old boy from Perkesy, Pennsylvania. Oh, yeah. Was on a treasure hunt in his backyard last weekend. Found a box that was labeled 840 cartridges, 5.56 millimeter. Hmm. Uh, the boy's mother says that the box was found under tree branches and had a grenade inside of it. Oh, that's awesome. As well as mortar tips and fuses. That's great. Uh, what have you got there, buddy? She contacted police who investigated and said the grenade was not a threat as it appeared to be empty. Appeared. The items were removed by police and there was no danger to the public, apparently. Uh, an employee at an Altoona eatery was arrested Sunday after reportedly stabbing a co-worker during a heated argument over him not working hard enough. Anthony Towles is... Did you just try to encourage him to work harder? No, the guy that stabbed the dude oh. was the one that wasn't hurt. Oh, I got you. Okay. So, Anthony Towles is facing felony charges after police were called to five guys <laughs> and found the victim with a stab wound to their neck mere inches from a carotid artery. With you, we're just four guys. Uh, police reported that both the victim and Towles stated that they got into an argument over the victim telling him that he wasn't working hard enough. Uh-huh. Uh, the two employees then made their way into a back parking lot behind the shopping center. The victim told police at this point, Towles said, I'm going to kill you. Towles then uh, related that he took a pen from his sock and swung it at the victim. Police noted that the victim had an inch-long, rather deep cut to the left side of his head, behind his ear, mere inches from a major artery. That is not the five guys' way. So Towles was placed under arrest after that incident. We've had two stories of uh, local stories of of guys being attacked in restaurants by uh, disgruntled employees. Yeah, yeah. A Boston University professor died in an accident on Saturday. This is terrible. He reportedly fell through a staircase across across from the uh, JFK UMass MBTA station. 
Uh, so David K. Jones was found across from the station on Saturday. A passerby saw Jones's body under the stairs and called police. Police determined that Jones, who was dead at the scene, was laying under the stairway. Uh, and there was a gap above where he was found. So the stairway just had like a few steps missing. And he must have stepped what? right through it. And yeah, they were there was signs. There were signs. Yeah, saying you, 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 they to not go up the stairs. It had he been went closed yeah. for for twenty months. They said there was a wire fence around the bottom right. of the staircase and chain link fencing and a barrier at the top. Uh, and they don't know why he would have done that or what the story was. Jones was an associate professor with BU's Department of Health Law. All right, one last story, and we'll wrap it up for now. A woman was found naked in a Fort Myers sewage drain on Friday night. This has happened a few times. Yeah, it has. I don't get it. A witness who was driving by the area saw the woman trapped in the drain and called law enforcement. Police and fire crew responded. Officials had to use special tools to save the woman from the drain. Uh, She was transported to the hospital to be examined, and I really don't have any other details than that. This is the only way I can poop. Uh, maybe that's her little thing. Climbing into a storm drain. Naked in a storm drain, and that is it. All right, and that is what I have in the bizarre file for you now. We have roughly five minutes remaining for you to enter your word for MMR's money clips, and the word is currency, C-U-R-R-E-N-C-Y, and you can text that to 45911. Or you can enter it if you want to win ten thousand dollars, possibly. Uh, to uh, the you can you can enter it through the MMR app or at wmmr.com. But we recommend you do that right now. We're going to take a break. When we come back in just a few minutes, Michael Gandolfini and Alessandro Nivola, who are in the Many Saints of Newark, it is the prequel to The Sopranos. And Big we will buzz. Come back with them in a moment. Stay with us. The Preston and Steve Small Business Love You, Help You line. Hey, Philly. This is Dan from the Gravity Forge Gymnastics and Ninja Warrior Training Center in Hatboro, Pennsylvania. You heard that right. American Ninja Warrior Training. Come train with some of our coaches who are national finalists from the show. Jump on some obstacles during open gym or take a class. We also offer birthday parties, which are great for those kids that have been cooped up for just too long. Find us at thegravityforge.com. Next message. Hey, people. If you're looking for a fun-filled Saturday, come visit the girls at Salon Fab Hair by Mornay for a fabulous new do. Don't forget to visit our friends next door, Extra Boutique and Brunch Every Day. Check us out on Instagram at Salon Fab Hair by Mornay. Thank you for supporting our small business community. We can't wait to see you. XOXO Fab Hair. The Love You, Help You line. Shop local because small business needs our help. Find out more at PrestonAndSteve.com. 93.3 WMMR. Putting Philly first. Sponsored by DellAutoGroup.com, where Jack really does sell them for less. We got a couple minutes, right, Case? I think we're ready. Oh, how about that? Uh, Modern technology, Preston. I, I hear people. We're, we're doing a, a Zoom, Zoom, a Zoom, a Zoom. Uh, What's the, and, uh, where do you send your card, Preston? Uh, <laughs> 850, Boston, Mass. Oh, two, one, three, four. Very, send it to Zoom. <laughs> only a few people know that. Only a few people will know what the hell that was all about. But <laughs> I just heard the word Zoom, and it reminded me of an old kid show back yes. in Boston. And I'm just killing time till we have <laughs> I think we're ready to our go. guests and ready to go. Well, let's find out. Yeah. I believe we do. The Many Saints of Newark is going to be in theaters 
uh, on HBO Max. Uh, uh, actually, October 1st to do them both. It's going to be at HBO Max for 31 days after the theatrical release. So that's how this whole thing is working out. And uh, we are happy to have on the program this morning two of the stars of the film. Uh, we would like to welcome Michael Gandolfini and Alessandro Nivola. Hey, hey. Gentlemen, good day to you. Can you hear us? Yes, we can hear you. Thanks for coming on, man. We appreciate it. Excellent. All right, so our audio is a little wonky. We'll see if this gets worked out as we're going. But you know what, Michael, I, I want to start with, I'm, I'm sure a question that, that you've been asked uh, a million times since this project got underway, uh, stepping into the shoes of your father. Um, when you were approached by this, which I assume was a, a few, a couple of years ago, what um, what what was that like uh, when, when someone asked you, "Do you want to play this iconic role that your dad played?" Um, yeah, yeah, it, it was like six million years ago. Feels like now, um, but I uh, I had first been asked to audition, ah. and through the audition process, I had sort of. Uh, Begun to, to get more of the pages and more of the sides. It really started to fall in love with the character. And it was just about doing the best audition I could. So I sort of had these little goals throughout to. Uh, can, you, can you hear us? You know what, guys? The the audio is so poor. And, and I, I hate to cut this interview off, but it's just we can barely understand what you're saying. So and We want to do right by you. We want to do right by you, and we want to make sure that our audience can hear it. So Yeah, yeah, that's all right. Uh, so, Case, can you uh, see if you can tweak yeah. that a bit? So Yeah, we're going to try. All right, sorry about that, guys. They probably saw the looks on our faces because we're zooming with an arch, and they're going, I don't I know what's yeah, going yeah. on, man. Oh, well, that sucks. That's well, okay. I, we'll see if they can get it worked Listen, out. Uh, you know, it's, we, this is a, it's an important movie. Sopranos fans are going nuts because this is what we've been waiting for. We just want to make sure it's right. Yeah. And I think part of making sure it's right is being able to understand what's being said. <laughs> yes, I agree. Yes. All right, well, listen, there was something else I was going to bring All up. Right. And, and uh, I, I will mention this. We got uh, an email. All right, no, this is actually posted on our Instagram, I believe. Marissa gave me this yesterday. Uh, it says, uh, hello there, hello to three-year-old, co- or did you write this? I, I was writing it as like an, e- so this all happened over Instagram DMs, which is a very weird thing to pass along to you, so I tried to write it like an email, so. Okay, so this is written as Marissa, like an email, <laughs> uh, and it says, Steve, Steve Morrison style icon. Okay. It says, hello to you, hello to three-year-old Colin Brady from Richland, Pennsylvania, Richland Town, uh, Pennsylvania. Uh, yesterday, he tried to shave his own hair because he wanted to look like Steve Morrison. Oh, that's great. <laughs> that's great. Colin and his mom, Christina, listen to the show together every morning, and she sent photos of the before and after. Steve, I'm going to show this to you. <laughs> so oh he God. took, he clearly <gasps> took a, an electric razor and went right down the middle. He had long, blonde, not super long, but longer blonde locks, and he went right down the middle and started the shaving process. And I guess mom must have seen him or heard him and told him to stop. <laughs> but he has a big swatch that's gone uh, out of his hair. Listen, so in the before, he looks better than I do. And in the after, he looks better than I do. And I'm very jealous. So as in the after, his mom ended up taking it down to a buzz cut. Uh, but he wanted to be bald like you, Steve. Well, that's an honor. He looks very styling. I did something similar when I was a kid. Uh, I wanted to be like Curly from the Three Stooges. Really? And I think I was in kindergarten. 
Not Larry. So I went into the I went into the um, bathroom and I took scissors and oh, I started man. to cut all my hair off <gasps> the bangs. So I cut the bangs, and this is. 1970s, yeah, when like bangs were the thing. So I had plenty of bangs; they were long. And I go up to my mom and, and sister, and I go, "Look, mom," and I, and I looked. I, I had my hand up as if I was holding my hair back on my forehead, and I go, "I go, look, I, I'm, I'm like Curly from Three Stooges." They go, "Ha ha, whatever." And I move my hand, <laughs> and the hair didn't fall down, and it was what gone. Did you do? Oh my god! And yeah. school pictures were that way. <gasps> Yes. Oh my! I mean, do you have the pictures? Yeah, I want to see that oh. somewhere. My mom has pictures. So. That's great. Yeah. Anyhow, what's the story here, Case? All right, so we're just going to try and do this the old way. All right. Uh, on the telephone. Oh, okay. All right. All right. So let's let's try this again. Uh, Michael, Alessandro, you guys there? Yeah, we're here. Uh, yeah. Much better. We can hear you. We're going to speak from the diaphragm, so that you can hear. <laughs> Very good. Projection, gentlemen. Projection. Um, so, so Michael, I'm sorry if you don't mind retelling a little bit of information. I, I, I caught the part where you said it seemed like it was a million years ago that you we were approached uh, to play Tony Soprano. Obviously, your father made that an iconic character. Nobody could have played it the way he did. And and you know what? How did that hit you when when they had asked you or whoever the powers that be had asked you to do that, or you had to audition? You were saying. Yeah, so I had I had to audition at, at first, and my first gut reaction was, you know, sort of, no, I don't know, that's, you know, a lot. But uh, I thought, well, there's no harm in auditioning. So I began the process of auditioning and getting in front of, you know, casting directors. I was still a new actor in New York. And as I got more pages and more sides of David's script, I just began falling in love with this new Tony, this completely different version of Tony. And by the time that it got to the point where I had to decide, you know, I'd gotten the offer, there was no way I was going to say, no, I I have fallen in love with this character and, and playing such an incredible character and David's writing really is just on another level. So it it was nothing more than a, a gift and and a really exciting and incredible opportunity. Well, that's you, you're walking. A, you're kind of walking a, a tightrope there because I could see as as, as a as a young actor, you know, there are all sorts of potential pitfalls. But if it works and it has worked, uh, that that uh, you you take this story that so many people love. Um, you know, but you have David Chase, you have you have your, your director, uh, you know, Alan uh, Taylor uh, worked on The Sopranos, the, the original series. So you were in the hands of the people that made it uh, great to begin with. You have DNA that leads directly to what made it great to begin with. And and so it, it worked out. I, I assume the thing you don't want is to say, oh, this is simply stunt casting and this is why they're doing it. But, um, you know, there were so many people, um, uh, you know, uh, guys that I, th- I think were thinking, OK, after The Sopranos ended and there was, you know, the ending was sort of vague. Um, and you know, David Chase certainly has his his take on it. They were talking about a sequel. And I was like, no, no, no. I, to me, that seems like yeah. it seems like a bad decision. Yep. Uh, this is the way to go. And obviously, both you must feel the same way because it, you're not you're not being directly compared uh which would be, I think, kind of daunting as actors. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, 
sorry. I don't know if you can tell who's talking at any given time. It's <laughs> Alessandro. We sound exactly, we sound exactly the same now. <laughs> uh, no, I was just going to say that uh, David, you know, was very smart about the way that he built this idea around uh, a character that didn't exist in the series, um, uh, apart from in a kind of mythology where people were had spoken about him. And in fact, when we started filming, one of the first things he said to me was don't pay any attention to anything anybody in the series ever said about Dickie Moltisanti because they're all liars. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. They're very reprehensible people. <laughs> and so, like, I had, you know, it was very liberating for me. I, I had total freedom to invent this character from my own imagination and, and research and preparation for the role. And um, I think in general, you know, that allowed the film to be uh, an autonomous story that could uh, exist entirely on its own, despite its, uh, you know, the threads that, that connected to the show. It, it, it seems to me that, um, you know, <laughs> so I don't know when exactly did, did principal photography take place? Were you actually filming during uh, the uh, the pandemic? Or the height that we started? We started... Well, a year before that, in, in uh, 2019, in March of 2019, and then we, we finished it in June of 2019, and then uh, after the edit, David decided there were, he had an idea for a, a few new scenes that he wanted to add, and a year later, uh, we found ourselves back in our costumes, <laughs> back in our trailers, staring at ourselves in the mirror, wondering if we were, like, still these guys. Mm -hmm. And uh, and that was March 13th, 2020. Yep. And before, well, Michael had shot one day. I was yeah. in my trailer waiting for my very first shot of this second go-round. And when I got a knock on the door telling me to go home and hide. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, and, uh, go ahead. Then it was like, you know, six months before we even got to finish the movie back in yeah. September of last wow. year. I mean, filmmaking but in and of itself is usually, it's funny because we'll have people, you know, when and hopefully we'll, we'll have people back in the studio and as this stuff passes again. But, uh, you know, people who are associated with the film will come and say, yeah, I worked on that two years ago. And I think for actors... Uh, such as yourselves out promoting it's got it's got to be wild to have to put yourself back in the mindset of a project that you worked on a while ago and 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 recapture that is is that is that difficult for both of you yeah i mean it's it's a very weird sort of experience i mean this movie because it i think means i don't want to speak on behalf of Alessandro, but it means so much to both of us it was like plaguing my mind all through COVID, like, oh, my God, when is this thing going to have to come out? We had to, you know, go back twice for reshoots and get into the minds of these morally corrupted men, like, you know, um, and sort of I had kept Tony near me before we had finished the reshoots. But there's this, you know, process where uh, – uh, you sort of go through these different phases of pre-production and preparing, filming it, and then this really interesting, uh, you know, kind of experience of handing it over to the masses of the audience, you know, something that's so near and dear to you that, you know, you've been, been working on for years and now you get to, you know, share it with um, the masses. It's 
it's sort of a really exciting and, and terrifying process altogether. I mean, one of the, you know, the hard things about waiting this long was that both Michael and I had like a unique pressure on us. <laughs> he was, uh, you know, uh, depicting this, this iconic role that his dad had created and that he was obviously, you know, linked to in his DNA, but there was all this expectation on him. And I, was having like my first breakthrough role in a 25 year movie career uh, that waited until I was 49 for something <laughs> like this to come along. And, and so like we both uh, were aware of, of, you know, we both had that on our shoulders and, um, you know, we're, we're really determined not to, to screw it up. And uh, so having to, you know, have this thing uh, served up to us years ago and then, have to sit on it for all this time is, is like some kind of slow torture. Well, it, it, it's clearly paid off, um, you know, because, it, you know, the, the, the movie, again, it's it's not a nuts and bolts. Here's how you build a Tony Soprano. But it is a um, uh, it, it is a, um, a study of what goes into, you know, as you said, making these people make wrong life choices. <laughs> And and it's set against the backdop of the uh, the Newark riots around around the late sixties, early seventies. And uh, there's uh, now you shot. Correct me if I'm wrong. Did you shoot in Brooklyn a lot of this? We shot in in all the outer boroughs and in Jersey. So, oh, uh, Jersey uh, as well. Okay. There's yeah. there's got to be something that really helps an actor inform acting choices when you're on location. Oh, I mean, it's that, it was a beautiful thing. First of all, to shoot at home. I mean, yeah. you know, I never get to shoot in New York. Um, so I was there at home with my family. Michael was at home. And and uh, and then, you know, everybody who, who was picking us up to take us to work every day were, like, right out of the world of the film. So, like, <laughs> I mean, you know, the conversations I had with my driver on the way to work were, like, should have been recorded, you know. <laughs> You know, I get in the car. He's like, hey, you know, how you going? Take a seat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, there's a great cast in the film. Uh, you know, you got John Barenthal. You have uh, uh, Vera Farmiga, uh, Leslie Odom Jr. There's a whole bunch of people. And you also have Ray Liotta, who's fantastic in the movie. He's mob movie royalty. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, was that a little bit next level for you guys when you had a chance to encounter him or shoot with him? Yeah, I mean, getting to work with Ray um, is is uh, it's kind of like you're just talking about it's like filming in New Jersey. There's just a special kind of element to it when he's on set, and you know, he's, like you said, mob uh, movie royalty. But you know, let alone being such a talented actor, he's just so fun to work with. I mean, you kind of you kind of hear that, that Goodfellas laugh and you kind of snap into reality. <laughs> Ray Liotta just saying, oh my God, this is, this is an experience I'm never going to forget. No, you by, know, by that Goodfellas laugh, do you mean the, in the uh, why am I so funny like scene where he's cracking up? <laughs> yeah, right exactly. that. <laughs> yeah, yes. Oh, that, oh my God. That would scare the crap it's out of me. It's the best. <laughs> it's the best. But you know what? That, it's, it's a good point if you stop and think about it. And I've always loved in, in Goodfellas, which is a, a, obviously a classic uh, in a way, Michael, uh, you know, you, you have a, a situation where I, I I love that first part of the film where he is young Henry Hill and, and mm-hmm. picking up the chops. And, and that sort of is a parallel to the many uh, Saints of Newark, correct? Well, in fact, you know, I, I he was like the guy I was most scared to work with because, 
first of all, he's from Jersey, and like you know, of all of us, his like real life experience was closest to the world of the movie, and uh, yeah, and the mob royalty thing and all that, and and he's also just you know very committed as an actor, and and doesn't suffer fools lightly. So I was I was very <laughs> nervous uh, doing these scenes with him. And then I think two weeks in, he sent me a text message uh, saying that I reminded him of himself as Henry Hill. And uh. just, like, that was the, the, the moment that I felt like, I mean, that was like the biggest affirmation I wow. think I've ever had. That's my, great. Yeah. My career. And I felt like, okay, I, you know, I'm, I'm onto something. Cause nice. uh, if, if he said that, of course he could have been wrong. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I have a, I have somebody who's texting in, listening to this uh, interview right now and says, question, I'm 31 years old, lived in Jersey all my life, and I've never seen an episode of The Sopranos. Can I still watch this movie first? What do you guys think? You can definitely watch this movie first, but you got problems. <laughs> you got problems. <laughs> no, I, I, I take it back. I had never seen the show before I auditioned for it, so uh, I totally get it. And, uh, I, you know, I read this script and and to me this movie is like a a classic crime drama of the kind that were made back in the 70s and 80s and the uh. studios don't make anymore and that uh you know was only allowed to be made because of the connection to the series but it, it, as but as far as the story goes uh, i don't think it's it's necessary at all to have a background in the series. You know, it's, it's in the sweet spot, especially, and it, it does have that that sort of homage to those great to those crime films of of the seventies, what they call it, the, you know, the uh, the second golden age of Hollywood. Uh, so, it, I mean, that that again is another a magical aspect of it. Alessandro, I wanted to ask you to made mention of your long career, and this being arguably your your biggest role. Um, it, it's, I guess that's kind of good when you build, you're building to your yeah. biggest role, but you've been in a lot of stuff, including, uh, Face Off and, uh, Jurassic Park 3. You've done a lot of theater, uh, and you've produced a lot as well. So when you get something like this, um, you know, I assume you immediately say yes, or was there, was there a second pause? No, I, I, I was at a hotel having a meeting with some director for some crappy movie, and I, uh, I got the, the like my phone started going crazy, and I, I like w told him I had to go to the bathroom, and I went in there, and I like my agents told me they offered me the role, and I locked myself in the bathroom stall and started crying. <laughs> that's cool. That's great. And uh, and then people thought I was like there was something wrong with me in there, and were like banging on the door, like wondering if I was okay. What did this guy? I eat. <laughs> Somebody must have died, or I was getting a divorce, or something. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, no. It's 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 very cool. I, you know, uh, again, uh, to to be brought into this. Uh, but you mentioned working some crappy movie. Uh, now, uh, Michael, your your career has just started. But uh, Alessandro, for you, what's it? <sighs> If you're on a project that's less than wonderful, but you have to soldier on through, how do you do that? How do you, as an actor, you know, pull it together? Well, you know, first of all, I, I've been very picky in my career, which uh, has meant that I haven't been, I haven't done a whole lot of movies that I really was miserable making that right. I just kind of did to, to keep busy. But on, on the, the flip side of that is, I've, I've spent many months at home out of work. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, you know, that sucks. 
but um, but no, um, you know, this obviously was like the the you know what I'm used to doing is making roles, making more of roles than there is on the page. And, you know, that's a grind and it's exhausting. And, you know, it, it's part of the kind of job of an actor is to, to, you know, use your imagination to fill in what's not there and to make it exciting and interesting um, and to elevate uh, the story. But um, at the same time, like, you know, when you finally get a role where, uh, you know, there's just so much to play and it's so dynamic and there's the opportunity to bring humor and menace and, and charm and, and, you know, emotion to, to something that's, that's written as, uh, you know, in, in as complex a way as this role, you know, it's just a relief because you're so used to, to having to manufacture that on your own. Right, right. All right, I just have to say, as, like, a older millennial, like, I spent most of my teen years, uh, like, every other girl with Italian heritage being called Meadow Soprano. Like, okay. it was, you know, every morning, every Monday morning when I walked into school, somebody called me Meadow. But it was, like, family tradition. Every Sunday night, we would have Sunday dinner, yeah. and then as a family, we would sit down and watch The Sopranos. And a lot of it was lost on me at the time because I was young, but what really hit was the food. And so I'm dying to know what the food was like on set of this film. Like, do you guys have chefs coming in and cooking? Because you couldn't just throw that together. Like, this had to be good stuff. Uh, you know, food on these sets, like, are you talking about, like, in our trailers yeah, or on the, camera? In the scenes, they were amazing. Yes. Yeah, it's always like, you, you know, you do these scenes for hours, and so it sits there, and there's no way to keep this stuff from getting cold. Right. True, and true. Eventually, it's like, they, you know, in Italian restaurants, sometimes they put, like, the manicot, like, out in the window there, and it sits there, <laughs> so you see what you can buy, you know what I mean? And, it's not like sometimes they even lacquer it over, you know, they slow it down or whatever. Like, that's what it's like by the end of the show, uh, end yeah. of the scene. <laughs> it's like rock hard. You know? oh, and yeah. it's all crusty, all the sauces yeah. crusty. Yeah. Michael, I just saw you cooking on your Instagram, though. You were cooking Artie's Rabbit. Tell me, who was the chef that you were cooking with? Oh, I got to do this show um, with this amazing cook named Andrew Ray, who he recreates. Uh, food from TV shows, so I went on and learned how to cook. When, when was this? I gotta watch it. <laughs> <laughs> you had no idea. Is this on YouTube? Um, yeah, yeah, it's on YouTube. It was so funny. You're like Chris Walken cooking a chicken. Exactly. <laughs> so I was learning how to how to cook that rabbit. It was so uh, so fun. But speaking of food, like one of the funniest things is like you know I'm Italian, so like I can eat. Like I know my family can eat and eat and eat. But like. John Bernthal had his, like, six-pack, and he was eating, like, <laughs> salami and cheese, like, all day. And he'd, like, come over to me and be like, I can't, my body is, like, <laughs> down. I can't eat all this food. He was there. He had the kettlebells in his trailer. Yeah, yeah. So he's, yeah. Well, that's the one good thing. A lot of times in, 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 in mob movies, there's, a, there's, there's usually a weight problem among some of the cast members. And, uh... <laughs> So he can play into that. I wanted to ask, because you have all the mechanisms uh, in, that were involved in the original Sopranos series and the success here, um, is there is there talk of perhaps going down this path, um, you know, as a, as no, without giving much away, uh, as a series in this time frame? Has that been explored? Have you guys been approached about that? 
I mean, I think that David, it's, it's David's world, right? So it's going to come down to sort of his uh, want to do it and his interest. Uh, I, I wouldn't say that a, a series is something that he wants to do, but I, I um, you know, he, he has talked a bit about possibly another movie um, at the time right after this movie, before the series. Okay. Um, there's a good chunk, but you know, it's, it's really up to David. And then it, it, you have to ask the question, you have 86 hours. And now with this 88 hours of Tony Soprano. So mm. what, what is there to explore? Is there something new? Is there something to ask? Is there something to show about Tony Soprano? We haven't seen before. I'm, th- um, I'm thinking the Tony Soprano cooking show. Right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Yeah. I the as pu- long as, I'm going to watch this interview. As Janice can be a part of it. <laughs> I just, I just want to quickly say, uh, Michael, your 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 father, James Gandolfini, um, was known. I've heard so many countless stories of what a fantastic, kind, generous person that he was, and people that we've had on the show who worked with him. Uh, Chaz Palminteri was just on the show, and I don't know if he ever worked with him, but he just admired your, your father so much, and, and and we love to see good people. Uh, you know, had the success that he had, and we only wish the same for you as well. Oh, thank you very much. Uh, he was the best, and I know that that means the world to him wherever he is. So yeah, nice. thank you. Excellent. All right, well, gentlemen, congratulations on this. Uh, October 1st is when you'll be able to see the many saints of Newark. Thanks for coming on. Michael Gandolfini, Alessandro Nivola. Take care, guys. We'll see you another time, okay? Thank you. Thank you. Great All right, see you guys. Nice. <laughs> Excellent. All right. Uh, so well, we pulled that off, right? That was yeah. nice. I mean, they were, yeah. we, I'm, I'm we glad old school. I'm, I'm glad we did. Uh, yeah, we went ahead and were able to to do that. So. Yeah. All right, let's take a break and come back in just a moment. Um, it's all about family, Preston. Am I giving this it's away? All about family. Yeah. Okay. I have uh, F9, the Fast Saga. <laughs> this one, I take my family to space. It's a digital <laughs> download, and uh, there, uh, I'll take call number fifteen at two one five two six three WMMR, and it includes the exclusive director's cut, which has more action, more laughs, and more. <laughs> and an extra, it literally says it right. Does here. it really? I more that was fam- just... No, it says it has more action, more laughs, and it's more family. family, and an extra seven plus minutes of additional that was content. The youngest of the Von Strapp family. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> this is uh, one of the kids, and then Vin. So long, <laughs> goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, I think I said caller 15. Yeah, good enough. 215263WMMR. We'll be back in just a moment. More guests on the way, so stay with us. MMR spotlights the best rock with Jackson's local shots. That's right, and this month's artist is Foxtrot and the Get Down. See him live at the MMR and the Get Down, your local shots artist of the month. Check them out every Wednesday at 6.30 right here on the Mighty MMR. And you can hear and see more now at WMMR.com. Keyword, local shots. Sponsored by Family and Company Jewelers. Find a band that rocks her world at Family. 93.3 WMMR. Everything that rocks. Philly. A guest on the line to talk about a nationwide campaign that is going on and spotlighting this area. She is a meteorologist from NBC10. We love having her on. Please welcome 
Crystal Clyde to the show this morning. Hey there, Crystal. How you doing? Hi. Good morning, guys. Good. How are you? Uh, We're doing fantastic. All right. So you are here. I know you have a couple of minutes because you got to get live on the air in a moment. Uh, But you're here to talk about the Clear the Shelters event. Yes. Yeah. You know, this is like my favorite time of year, uh, our adopt and donate campaign this year. We're, we're really hoping to make a big push because the shelters are in serious need across our area. Maybe you guys have heard, but Act Philly just announced yesterday they're totally full at capacity. So um, this campaign kind of couldn't come at a better time for us to hopefully get people out and about to adopt or donate or foster and help those local shelters and rescues in our area. And this year we have more than 50 shelters and rescues that are participating. All right. Now, you mentioned donate. Are you talking about uh, monetary donations or what? Yes, absolutely. So um, obviously everything helps. And for folks who maybe aren't in a place to be able to adopt right now or even to foster, um, this year the initiative features this donation part of the campaign. Um, The Animal Rescue Site, which is partnering with Greater Good Charities, is hosting the fundraising site covering all the transaction fees. So it's not one of those situations where if you donate only a part goes to local shelters and rescues, 100% of what is donated will go to them directly to, to them being able to help out the, the animals that they're trying to save and um, keep healthy and happy. And, and it's just, you know, it, again, this is one of my favorite times of year because um, animals don't have a voice and we're able to be that voice for them. And plus, I am a shelter pet owner myself. Yes. It is so rewarding to have a pet at home. He is sleeping next to me as we speak before I head into the station. <laughs> well, the, the truth of the matter is, is that, uh, yes, there there are so many needy pets. And, and people say it. People have done that, have said you can almost sense that the pet knows that they've been they've been saved. And our, our dog, Chelsea, and all of our cats, all nine cats are, are all you know, from shelters and, and, and different organizations that we that. support. What happened, though, is sort of a kind of a, a weird thing, Crystal, is that during the... Uh, the working from home scenario, a lot of people adopted pets, and it actually got very good. The shelves started to get cleared, and then as people have been returning, uh, we've had the uh, absolute converse situation happening, and it's and that's why you say they're packed up again. So, uh, you know, um, if, if people really take it, can take it uh, you know, into their minds that this is not just something you do to distract yourself. You're bringing yeah. a living animal into your house and bring that love. So many good people are out there and can do this. The event works wonderfully. Uh, and so there's, there's really no reason not to, because in whatever kind of dog or whatever you're looking for, chances are you're going to find what you're looking for. Yeah, absolutely. There, there's, there's elderly, uh, pets, there's puppies, there's kittens, and then there's some, some animals that maybe aren't the conventional dog and cat path. Um, like I said, over 50 shelters and rescues are participating throughout the Delaware Val- uh, Valley. They're offering either a waived or discounted adoption fee. Now, some of the locations do require you to make an appointment before you head in. Some you can just walk in. Our big day of celebration is this Saturday, but the campaign's been going on for almost a month, and it lasts through Sunday. So far this year, through our campaign locally, uh, we've had over 2,200 animals adopted, but we're hoping we can push that number. Last year, we got to almost 5,000 through Excellent. the whole month-long campaign. Yeah, so really hoping we can we can get there again. And if, if someone's interested in, in getting a pet or even just considering finding, you know, what shelter and rescue is near them that's participating, they can just go to NBC10.com slash clear the shelters. Scroll down the page a little bit. You'll see an interactive map. You can type in your zip code. And bam, you'll see the shelters that are near you. So it's really easy, and um, I'm hoping many of pets find their new best friend, and and then a lot of folks maybe get a really enriched kind of fall season as they uh, bring home a family member. Excellent. Well, we are happy to get the word out, Crystal. Good luck with everything, and we'll talk Thank to you again you so soon. Much. No problem. Bye, guys. Crystal Cly, NBC yeah. Ten. Guys. Hey, hey, hey. And she mentioned the reduced or waived uh, adoption fee. I was reading September 18th. So that's 
with the event she was talking about on Saturday, uh, all shelters will have reduced or waived the fee altogether. So, which can they can get it can get pricey. If they, you're, yes, uh, take if advantage you're of it. Yeah, yeah, most definitely. Um, speaking of animals, uh, I have a butt plug that involves animals. Uh, this email came from Jennifer Jaworski. She said, I live near the area that was devastated by the tornadoes almost two weeks ago, and I've organized a collection to benefit the South Jersey Wildlife Rehabilitation uh, that will take place uh, this Saturday, September 18th, same day as uh, they clear the shelters. They do great stuff there. Uh, and, in fact, I, I read uh, an email about them uh, prior, yeah. and um, this event's going to be taking place at the pool at Country Creek on Ogden Road in West Deptford. Uh, the rehab is located in Barnesboro. And was hit hard by the tornado. None of the animals were hurt, uh, but they are in dire need of supplies uh, they lost during the storm. The organization also has a GoFundMe uh, in case someone wants to donate to help with rebuild efforts. Now, it was sent to all of us here on the show, so I'm assuming Nick put it on the community page. Uh, so you should take a look at uh, PrestonSteve.com and uh, go to the community page for information on that. Speaking of uh, the tornado, uh, last weekend was driving uh, down to the shore and uh, Waze had kind of routed me through Mullica Hill. We kind of skirt Mullica Hill going yes. down there, but went through it entirely. Yeah. And saw, I didn't see the houses. Yeah. Um, but saw the trees uh, that were just uh, shredded. Yes. It was, yeah. it was crazy. People, so this is Large, like, thick trees, twisted and shredded. It, it was wild. It's what you'd see on our Weather Channel special of the tornadoes in the Midwest. When you drive through it, it's yeah. different than seeing yep. it on TV. Yep. It's wild. You guys know Robin, who uh, works yes. here for the station and, and does weekends here at MMR. Her house was hit hard. Yeah. And um, Kristen, uh, down the hallway, has another friend who who she found out lives near Robin because she was over that person's house over the weekend yeah. cleaning up. And she said that um, the, the community is doing a great job in coming together and helping people out. She said a lot of churches were coming out. And, yeah. Um, it's a good area. I mean, yeah. the Creamy Acres, we, we yes. go to virtually every, this time of year, you know, yeah. for the, oh, the haunted right. tours and stuff. Mm-hmm. That's right, right there. Uh, the whole area, I love driving through it. The homes are lovely and everything. And, yeah. and so, yeah, they they got whomped. They're going to need a lot of help. And they were asking uh, a couple of weeks ago, like right after it happened, because they know that uh, that a lot of shore traffic travels that way down 322 right, over the right. Commodore Barry Bridge. And they were actually asking, don't go this way. Just the, you know, just for, right. for, for oh, this really? weekend, yeah, don't go this way because it, you know, there's ends up being a little bit of you know traffic concerns and sure. Uh, well, they closed yeah. uh, part of three twenty two when they did the cleanup too. I, I I'm pretty sure it was on a Friday, so mm. that may have been the weekend case. Well, okay, but anyhow, uh, there are people that still need some help, so you can check our community page uh, to find out that information. Um, you know what, case I have a couple of odds and ends to uh, to oh, talk about here. Now. I thought it might be kind of oh, nice to. Uh, Open up the store for just a moment, just for a little bit, because we don't have a whole lot of time, but we do have some items that we can dust off the yeah, shelf. Yeah, the store. There's the proprietor, Preston Elliott. Mm. Walking around, saying hi, shaking hands, pressing the fresh, kissing babies, and uh, looking at your wife in a disturbing way. Listen, I got all day in the store. I got to do something to entertain myself. Uh, no, this is something I'm going to pull down off the shelf. Maybe you guys saw this. Facebook uh, has repeatedly found... That its Instagram app is harmful to a number of teenagers, according to a Wall Street Journal report uh, that was published yesterday. Well, you know, we talk about, listen, we end up using social media because it's a tool and sometimes it's a good tool as a means to an end to do good stuff. But like the story you had in the in the bizarre file, Preston, of the woman coaching her child to cry yep. for her YouTube oh followers. God. It's it's another one of the reasons why I have I have become so distant with my social media. It's crazy. Facebook, I've pretty much that's gone. Likewise. Uh but but even Instagram, 
Maybe. Maybe once every other day I'll do a quick little scroll through about a dozen posts, and yeah. then I'm done. I'm, I'm weaning myself off of it, <laughs> and it's so nice. You're, you're going in the right direction. But, listen, I also understand it, that it's a product of, of what we do and yeah. promotion of our show and so on, but I, I just... Um, I'm finding I'm happier without diving into that world too much. Yeah. And, and part of it, it's for a number of reasons. Either I see negative things that I don't like or I see um, what what a what a mundane life I'm living <laughs> compared to others. It's one of the two. Sure. Uh, and Why aren't it's, I it's doing that? nature yeah. of the beast. So, but anyhow, that's me personally. So yeah. moving on to this, uh, the journal cited Facebook studies over the past three years uh, that examined how Instagram affects its young user base with teenage girls being the most notably harmed. Uh, one internal Facebook presentation said that among teens who reported suicidal thoughts, 13% of British users and 6% of American users traced the issue to Instagram. Oh. Uh, 32% of teen girls said that when they felt bad about their bodies, Instagram made them feel worse. Uh, Facebook also reportedly found that 14% of boys in the U.S. said Instagram made them feel worse about themselves. Now, while Facebook concluded that a large percentage of teenagers aren't negatively harmed by Instagram, according to the journal, uh, the features that the social media company identified as the most harmful are part of its key makeup. According to the report, researchers warned Instagram's Explore page, which serves users curated posts uh, from a wide range of accounts, can push users into content that can be harmful. Uh, The app also has a culture of posting only the best pictures and moments, and it operates as a an addictive product. There's uh, a problem is a lot of people can't, and younger people can't process the fact that virtually everything you're seeing is artifice, whether it be a filter or well, or, can... or, or, or a created story or a kid told to cry or, you know, there, there's so much manipulation, but the, it's all, it's all presented as this is just a mirror on what the world. Right, right. And it's not. Well, that's not. the thing. These teens are, and, above teens, anybody, they're comparing themselves to the fake filter or yes. whatever it is yes. that's making that person look perfect. And it's driving them crazy. That's not what's real. And when you see that person in real life, you'll see that. Take a look at my face. That's real. <laughs> you don't filter. <laughs> see, on the complete opposite, I don't know, Instagram has become almost my news source because that's what I've cultivated, the people that I follow. And if somebody you know makes me upset about how I feel or posts stuff that I don't like, I just Go to your OnlyFans page. Well, just stop following them. And I guess over time, you just realize that you're you're following some celebrities that you want to know what they're doing or eating. Um, I follow a whole bunch of things in the city, and I want to know what the celebrities are eating. No, I get it, because it's the same thing for me with Twitter. Like, Twitter for me is a a news source, right? But the thing about Twitter is when, like, somebody likes something, that ends up on my feed whether or not I follow whoever, Mm -hmm. you know, whatever post they liked, right? So... And and I've had to stop following people based on all of their likes that end up on my feed. You know, like one person that I followed, uh, they would constantly like these street fight things, right? Like where somebody would be getting knocked like, out, like bum fights. Yeah, oh. Not not bum fights, just flat out just, knockouts, just flat out happening. knockouts. So like they were street showing fights. up on yours, and they were doesn't want to see that. And I don't want to see it. I uh, don't want to see uh, some dude get sucker punched. I don't want. I sure as hell don't want to see somebody smash their head on the pavement as a result of taking it's, a it's, shot. It's going to bring you down. Yeah. That's why I I'm on. T- I want to see what Gary Berghoff is eating. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'll tell you what though, the, whatever is happening with my TikTok account. 
I don't, uh, I follow very few people. It's not, I mean, I'm mentioning it now so people will go yeah. to it, but like I don't have followers. I don't post on it, um, but I'm just scrolling through. At and the general stream. Whatever the, right. the algorithm that is set to me, I, I laugh every time I open up TikTok. Huh. All I get are these funny videos. I trade them back and forth with my cousin. We constantly are going back and forth with, with different videos and whatever it is, I'm not getting the crap on other social media. No, so for likewise. me, TikTok is, is, if I am bored and I need to scroll through something, I'll go to TikTok before I go to any other. I spent like 10 minutes on TikTok and, and it didn't do anything for me. So I, I went and had a nice piece of fruit. <laughs> nice piece of fruit. <laughs> after, after that. Good. You sit down in the sun. Yes. You got a nice, uh, nice piece of sun, nice piece of fruit. <laughs> Uh, and if you sneeze, don't worry. I got the handkerchief and sleeve. Casey, uh, somebody wants to point out: says nothing's more okay. accurate than social media. News. So I want to. I would address. If you're that. using that as your news source. When I said news, I meant not like breaking news, like like worldly news. I mean, like there's an account called Waterice, W O O D. Yes. And he posts like restaurant things openings happening around things the city. Around restaurant the city. openings. That's okay. what I mean by right. news. Not right. not like I wonder. I wonder uh, the geopolitical situation. It, Let right. me go to TikTok. Exactly. Right, right. Stuff that matters to me. Right. So top. <laughs> Top executives have reviewed the research, and it was cited in a presentation given last year to Mark Zuckerberg. Uh, still, Facebook has reportedly struggled to manage the problem while keeping users engaged and coming back. Uh, Facebook is also building a version of Instagram for kids under 13. I thought they put the kibosh on that. I, th- I think we all agree that Mark Zuckerberg has our best interest Oh, in my heart. God. <laughs> Uh, young users are key to Instagram success. More than 40% of Instagram's users are 22 years and younger. See, I look at, like, uh, my my daughter, right? She's uh, almost 16, and she has a nice group of friends. And I nice, piece of <laughs> nice piece of fruit. Nice piece of fruit. Um, but... Instagram for her, because she's got a smaller group, yeah. it is so supportive and is so nice and is so positive. If right? you can work that, that's wonderful. I, I Listen, and, and so I don't have kids, mm-hmm. uh, but, but I think I would exert a fair amount of control over or at least monitoring of what kids I would uh, conceivably have were looking at, were involved with on social media. I mm-hmm. think I think it's okay for a parent to not... not you know, clamp down, but oversee a little bit because I think, look, at that's a great situation, but it's there's a, so much that tears kids down. It's a daunting task. It is. Keeping an eye on what your kids are, uh, the input mm-hmm. that they're getting, so it's... Use a know, condom, right? It'd be really... Yeah, yeah ladies <laughs> and gentlemen, if you've learned anything, wrap that rascal. Uh, in a blog post, Instagram's head of publicity, public policy, uh, Karen Newton or Karina Newton, I'm sorry, responded to the reporting and said that the company is researching ways to pull users away from dwelling on certain types of Instagram posts. Oh, I'm sure they're doing that. No, they're not. No, they're looking for more ways. She said we're exploring ways to prompt them to look at different topics if they're repeatedly looking at this type of content. We're cautiously optimistic that these nudges will help point people towards content that inspires and uplifts them. Yeah, BS. And to a larger extent, will shift uh, the part of Instagram's culture that focuses on how people look. You know, it's very funny, Preston, is that uh, there's a meme that a lot number of memes are taking um, stills and little... Uh, GIFs or gifts, gifts yeah. from uh, from the uh, uh, from they live the John Carpenter. Yeah, film. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Carter you, showed me something oh, the other day, and, and, they're, and they're, I had no idea that it become a thing. Yeah, they're very accurate. And so mm-hmm. the, the the premise of the movie is if you put on certain glasses, you can see the world for what it really is. Yeah, which and some yeah. of us are aliens. <laughs> exactly, it's interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, in fact, Preston, aren't there the Facebook glasses now? 
They Wait, that's what? something that they're talking about. Right? Yeah, making. Right. Yeah, I, I think I think they are are what going to debut. Basically, it's uh, it's uh, like a, like a, 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 an AI uh, virtual. You're 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 looking. Um, remember they had Google VR. Glass a while, right? Ago? Yeah. So so it's assisted. So while you're looking through, you can start recording people. Yeah, Facebook on your face, and, and so Ray Ban. Does it say there's an article up on the screen here? Starting Thursday, the first pair of smart glasses made by Facebook and Ray Ban. Going on sale for two ninety nine. So I think that's this week, right? Huh. Yeah. Oh, okay. Ray-Ban stories, you'll be able to find them pretty much anywhere. It oh says Ray-Bans oh. are sold. Huh. Snapchat did that a few years ago, and it was creepy because you could just be like recording looking someone. at somebody yeah, and just hitting the little button and recording stuff the, all the time. The Google Glass would give you, um, a, I assume this is the, the end goal of this, is uh, you know, you're, you're going to get a little holographic sort of, or at least, uh, I forget what they're calling it. But uh, it'll it'll give you a distance. It'll give you information on your glasses that only you can see. By the way, I know it's been out for a while, but if you haven't seen the documentary, The Social Dilemma, oh. that's an eye-opener. Yeah. How that operates from the people who created that stuff. And they're completely candid and, about and it. And also a lot of them have pulled back and gone, oh, my God, what did we do? Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. So very, very interesting. All right. I have a completely uh, unrelated hey, topic. Let's go to another section of the store. Uh, we're going to the uh, the farming section, actually the ranching section. Uh, turns out that cows, <laughs> they're there. <laughs> I knew you actually sold cattle right in the store. You must have seen. What I, I was did about not. To I was actually looking for a sheep, and I was right on ca- on. Uh, it says cow moose single, and you said cow, and I was like, well, here we go. Wow. Well, it turns out that they can be potty trained as easily as toddlers, and maybe even easier. <laughs> Not so, that. Only only to go pee. Really? Oh, only so, to oh, go yeah, pee. Because I can't. Um, I know we have City Kitty where you can get the cat to go in a human toilet. I can't mm-hmm. see a cow sitting on your toilet. They have not trained them to poop uh, in a toilet yet. So scientists oh, put... Oh, man, I gotta go. Scientists put, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Scientists put the task to the test. Have the head poking. And 11 out of 16 cows learned to use what they call the mulu when they had to go. Uh, so just like some parents, the researchers used a sweet treat to coax the cows to push through a gate and urinate in a special <laughs> pen, and it only took 15 days to train the young calves. Wow, some some kids take uh, longer than that to be potty trained. So they're peeing in one certain area. Yes. Okay. In so, an area that can be controlled. Right. Uh, and they can, uh, you know, take the urine away and it doesn't go and into drink the drink it. And I'll explain why in a moment. My brother tried to do this with his dog uh, that he has not trained to do anything to do at anything. all. Okay, that's uh, a problem. And so he, he had a fence built and he had a whole special fenced-in area just for the dogs. He yeah. has two kids. Kids are running around the yard. They don't really want to have and do the dogs use the, it? The dog does it. He goes in there. He stands in there. He looks at my brother, gets annoyed. And then my brother says, eventually, I got to let him out because he's not doing anything. And then he just goes to the bathroom in the yard. So my wife had, had, had the idea of like the, like the dog park in, the, in, our, in, in our yard. Like, again, a fenced-in area where, the, where Chelsea would go and she would, she would poop in that one area. Right. That'd be where she goes. She, was, yeah. she certainly will we'll train her to do that. Right. The gate's constantly closed because <laughs> she's never she's never going to use it for that. Kath, I'm no expert here, but I'm thinking uh, maybe have your brother. Um, so wherever the dog pees next, right, in that yard, uh, maybe pull up those grass clippings and throw them in a spot in the gated well, he- yard. And because they, they go by scent, they're like, mm, that's where I pee. Do you know what the, I mean? I know, Case, listen, I, I'm not sure his exact um, failure. Well, no, I, I, I know his failures start with 
training your dog. Um, and then, no, he's actually a great dog. He's awesome. But um, they put, and I, he did it because he read it somewhere or a yeah. friend had it or whatever, but it's rocks. It's yes, not, I've seen that too. Are you happy? Yeah, wait, wait, but like, what's rocks? The, the special area that's fenced in. Oh. That they're going to be on rocks. They're rocks. I, I don't buy into that. They, no. Yeah, don't why get, wouldn't you progress? Like in the in the winter, for example, if you like, I will go out and I will shove. If there's been snow, I will shovel some snow off down to the grass so Chelsea can go, go there because that's the, that's what they're looking for. I know yeah. he's so funny though. He's like you know he's so mad. It's so frustrating now because he, I mean he literally built an an area sure. fenced in for the dog and the dog just looks at it. Or or you could do uh, you could just put down pavers because that's the only place my dogs will crap now. Oh, on pavers, Dude, man, really? Yeah, yeah. Only great. on sidewalks. <laughs> Delightful. Wait, might, why? Yeah, my one dog. I don't know. <laughs> that's great. That's where they do it. And then we have a pool at home. When we put the pool cover on, they go out on the pool cover no. and crap on Don't the pool cover. Don't let them cover. do that. That's I dangerous. can't. There's nothing I can do there's about nothing. it. My, my cat, Mia, the one cat that goes out that we were told by a, by a, a vet, you got to let her out because this is something that she needs to do. So we let her out. Preston, she walks out to the middle of the pool, <laughs> the covered pool, and there's the little, you have the, the, the sort of a pump that you leave yeah. out there, yeah. and she drinks this filthy water at the base of the pump, oh, gross. and there's nothing you can do to stop her. Right. Uh, so I did something when uh, I had to take my dog for a walk. Normally, I just like, I like to let him out back when we were having the backyard done. I took him for a walk. And at, all right, is this weird? So he was going, he was about to drop a deuce, yeah. and instead of picking the poop up off of the grass, I just put the bag under his his hiney and had him crap right into well, the bag. Well, that's, that's, that's pretty smart. That's very right? adroit. Did yeah. you? Did you? Did you? Was it nothing but net, or did you catch nothing but net? Wow, the timing yeah. had to be perfect. Good for you, man. Well, your, your dog's big. He is big, but he also, I mean, he's very. You know, he he telegraphs when he's going to go. Right. He just going to take a crap now. Well, he he paces like you know in the yard, like right. when, when he's in the yard and he's not on a leash, he just books back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, and then stops. But when he's on a leash. Paces, 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 and then when he turns around, it's like, okay, it's go time. Showtime. So, yeah, and, okay. I was, and I was able right. to do that. I think mine would would turn around and look at me and go, what the hell are you doing back there? Yeah. <laughs> I'd be like, you know, uh, there's no way. I don't think get I'm a, doing anyway, get, so, get a life. So back to the cows. Uh, they said they're at least as good as children aged two to four years old and at least as quick, according to Lindsay Matthews, who's the head of this she's a behavioral scientist uh, with New Zealand's University of Auckland, who worked with colleagues on the test. Uh, at an indoor animal research lab in Germany. Uh, she said what started with a uh, half-ingest question on a New Zealand radio talk show about the very real problem of livestock uh, waste resulted in a serious study. Uh, massive amounts of urine waste is apparently an, an environmental issue. Is it? Urine contains nitrogen and when mixed with feces becomes ammonia. Yeah, well, Michael Jackson that smell, right. uh, Which is an environmental issue with acid rain and other problems. So, it can also taint the water uh, with nitrates and create the airborne pollutant nitrous oxide. So is this mostly mostly calves that they're dealing cows. with. So cows, cows okay. pee a lot. A yes. single cow can produce about eight gallons of pee a day. <laughs> oh so think eight of think gallons. of a huge herd of cows. So if if it could be done, toilet training animals makes it easier to manage waste products and reduce greenhouse gas emissions. They say at the lab in Germany, the researchers mimicked. A toddler's training, putting the cows in huh. a special pen, waiting till they urinated, and then giving them a reward. Can we get one of these pens for Nick Preston? Uh, which was a sweet liquid of mostly molasses, and cows oh. apparently have a sweet tooth. They like it. Um, then, in two sets of experiments, the researchers uh, let the cows roam about the indoor facility. When they had to urinate, 11 of them pushed into the pen, did their business, 
got their sweet reward. Uh, there are a couple caveats to this experiment, though. Number one, they gave uh, diuretics to the cattle to get them to urinate more. Okay. Uh, because they had li- eight gallons wasn't enough. Well, they had limited time <laughs> to run the experiments <laughs> under ethics guidelines. And number two, they didn't go poop. They only trained the cows to use the mulu to urinate. Not defecate. Urine is apparently a bigger problem, at least in Europe. Okay. All right. Interesting. interesting. Yeah. I just saw a text come through. This is interesting. Uh, a woman will, she takes paper plates with her when she takes her dog for a walk. Right. Oh. And when the dog's about to drop a juice. She, no. She, she puts, eats it. No, she puts the paper plate down, and then she bags that. And the, the reason I, I did that is because... Uh, this is after I got yelled at by my, my neighbor, and then right. so I was very, very more self-aware of like, oh my gosh, like I need to clean up everything. And sometimes when you're cleaning up the poop, like a, some some crumbs get left over. Some crumbs, and, right? <laughs> poo crumbs. Poo crumbs. Wait, and your neighbor so, at the sh- yeah, the yeah. Other so, uh, <laughs> so I was like, okay, if I put the bag under there, there are going to be zero remnants left. So she probably runs into the same issue. Wants to put the paper plate under there. That way she doesn't have to worry about getting every single drop off the grass. All this talk made me think of one of the most disgusting things I've ever seen. Steve, you've seen the movie Pink Flamingo. Pink Flamingo. Oh, God, no. Divine. Oh, yes. my God. And this is real. It's John a Waters film. John Waters film. Uh, Divine is there. There's a dog. The dog takes crap. There is no edit break. No, no nothing. Divine reaches down, picks up that fresh turd that oh, came God. right out of that dog and eats oh. it. Okay. It is just... When do they come Without away? Without making a scowl or no. any kind of facial expression, no. even kind of making this face like, ooh, that tastes good. I'm yeah. like, how in the hell can a human being do that? Uh, it came out in the 70s? late 70s, early, yeah. probably 79, yeah. somewhere yeah. around there. We don't need to pull that video up. <laughs> we don't need to see that. We but, don't need that. But wow. do they cut away at a certain point, or do they go all the way, like, chewing, swallowing? I don't swallowing? remember how it okay. went after that, but it was just horrific. Okay, I think right. we need to cleanse the yeah. palate yeah, thank after you. that one. Uh, all right, this is this is interesting. Um, if you're enjoying a good story, uh, you're likely connecting with the people around you in a way that you didn't expect. According to City College of New York researchers, they found that when a group of people listened to a story, I assume this is someone maybe reading a story or right. something like that, uh, they showed increases and decreases in their heart rates at the same points in the narrative. Well, that makes sense. So your heart rate uh, kind of syncs up with other people. Think if you're watching a movie and saying during the action scenes, the, the collective audience, their heart rate would probably skip up a bit, right? Yeah, I would think so. I know like so, like when Rochelle and I are watching Ted Lasso, <laughs> it's like clockwork. you both crying? When there's a tender moment, yeah. you'll, you'll just hear... <laughs> <laughs> And I'll be doing the same thing. Yeah. And, you know, you just, you know, it's the emotion. Sure. You get caught up in that story. So I would imagine, yeah, your heart rate right. would do a similar thing when you're when you're touched like I that. I have done, uh, like, a, uh, in the winter, a lot of times I will extend my sleeved, you know, arm if she needs to dab her eyes. Uh. Yeah. Yeah. Because, uh, now, we, you know, sometimes we'll, uh, like, Ted Lasso is very good for doing that. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Yeah. But I could see that if somebody's a good storyteller yeah. and, you know, they're in, you know, the midst like of Gary a- Lauer. <laughs> oh my God! I love when chicks do the daisy chain. Oh my God! When they flip over, yeah, flip over. It's beautiful, man. Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, call me Ishmael. <laughs> All right. Moby Dick, as read by Gary Lauer. <laughs> oh no! Call me Ishmael. It was the best of times. Yeah. It was the worst of times. We're gonna dive into all the classics. Oh my God! 
Uh, so, according to the co-senior study author, it's the cognitive function that drives your heart rate up and down. Huh. Uh, this study is still very preliminary, but you can imagine this well, we being that. an easy test that could be implemented to measure brain function. It doesn't require a lot of equipment. Uh, I, I mean, that's that is to me is probably the the collective joy of being in a theater of people who are vibing absolutely you yeah. know i agree i agree and and it can be obviously more than just uh, uh crying it can be tension it can be scary sure. uh, oh, yeah. or all, all that stuff they the marvel ran it in their trailer series leading up to the to the uh to the tv shows that they were debuting this is before wandavision came out and that the sequence in endgame when when captain america Oh man, you, you know it's the best, and you just know he oh. picks up the Molinar. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's a, it's a you got to live the life you want to live. Um, and, and and but I, and as much as I love getting caught up in the magic of yeah. the story, uh, there have been occasions where I'm where I'll just stop and go. What are you getting all upset about? <laughs> Some of these people aren't real. Right, right. This yeah. isn't a real thing. But that's, that's only happened on rare occasions. What? But therein lies, if you can't tie into that, I think you're yeah. missing out on so much. Agreed. That's why we talk about the bizarre phenomenon of of you have historical footage of something that you could watch, but a lot of times you end up watching the theatrical telling of that story because it just connects a little bit more, you right. know? Right. It's the way we've been taught to process this stuff. I yeah. cry at a good commercial at least once a week. A good commercial? No kidding. Yeah. Uh, Geico? Know- <laughs> no, you know what gets me is like, um, especially uh, uh, soldiers returning from war, right. and you see like a dog coming up to them right. or surprising them in their kids' class. There was a Bud Light commercial of soldiers walking through the airport, and everybody just stopped and started applauding them. Yeah, that one got me all the time. You know, the marketing team has a little picture of you sitting there, <laughs> yeah. going, sucker. We got to get her to yeah. cry. Yeah. Uh, no, I, I know, it, and it's like in Dog uh, with Limp. Uh, in Analyze This, when uh, when insurance commercials would come on, Robert De Niro's uh-huh. character would start crying. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh uh, man, yeah, but that's uh, it's it's supposed to it's supposed to grab you emotionally, and it does, and apparently. Does that you know, commercial made me just hear. Remember the one with Kendall Jenner where they're they're all protesting and she yeah. walks over and offers puts a flower just, in the gun, just beautiful, <laughs> whatever it was. What a beautiful oh, so, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. She offered a Pepsi. Pepsi. Wow, yeah, and she just... turned the world good again. Mm. All right, hey, uh, wow, we got to close up shop. I'm oh. sorry, yeah, because we've got a bizarre file, get the hell out. and we have uh, another guest who's going to be joining us. We're going to have uh, Melora Harden, who is from The Office. Yes, and she's going to be on Dancing with the Stars. So we're going to talk to her, and we also have to get to the money clip. Uh, again, we have oh. yet another chance for you to win $500. Uh, so we'll take a break and we'll be right back. Stay with us. What's new? Glad you asked. Full beat. The record company. Fozzy. New music. More of everything that rocks. I'm 93.3 WMMR. So we're going to get our next guest on the line. Dancing with the Stars. Uh, wow, season 30 is coming up. We just spoke to uh, Derek Hoff the other day. Yeah, yeah. And uh, now we're going to speak to one of the actual contestants. Somebody's going to be b- busting their butt uh, to do the best that they can. Probably already is. Yeah, yeah. you're no, right. Yeah, it has yeah. been and probably. And think of it. In preparations to win the uh, the disco ball, the uh, the mirror ball. Please welcome, you know, from the office and many other things, Melora Harden is yeah, on the hey. show today. Good morning. Hi. 
Hey, hey Melora, how you doing? I'm good. How are you guys? Good. Have you indeed been busting your butt, as we said moments ago? Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know it. Okay, so did you, upon the invitation and the acceptance of this invitation, did you, like, immediately start tripling your workout to get ready for us? Because that's <laughs> what we hear, that it's just, it's arduous. It is. It's definitely a lot of work. I, I mean, I, I'm pretty consistent anyway with my, with my, like, my activity level. Um, but yeah, this is this is a higher activity level since, uh, since really when I was doing Chicago on Broadway, I definitely was dancing this much, but, um, but in a whole different way because it was posse and and this is my first time ever doing any kind of ballroom and it's really technical and it's really intense and my first dance is really intense and. My partner was just saying, you know, just so you know, you're dancing from the second the music starts till the second the movie music ends, right. and it's super up tempo. And it's like he's like, you're doing some pretty complicated steps. It's not like we're just going hold for eight counts, you know. Um, and so he was like, don't you know, don't beat up on yourself. Like it's it's you know, it's, it's a lot. And I'm having so much fun. It's really really great. And yeah, my body's gonna get ripped, you guys. Well, listen, I tell you what. I mean, you're, you're starting from. A good place to begin with. You, you've you've always been in shape, but but um, a good friend of the show, Kate Flannery, uh, your yes. your your cast uh, mate from the Office. <laughs> she, man, she she got into it, and she she said, no, you know, "I'm I'm trans transforming completely." And uh, she did talk about how how difficult it was. She didn't come from the dance background that you have, but uh, you know that it, it's got to be. Uh, listen, you're kind of being there's it's a double edged sword. You're you're training. You're getting into probably the best shape a lot of people will be in in their lives. But unfortunately, that whole process is displayed for everyone to see. Yeah, exactly. You're being very brave. You're trying something new. I'm I'm basically a beginner, guys. Like, that's what you're doing. You're basically stepping in. But you know what? Being a beginner is an amazing thing. It's an amazing thing. And people forget how amazing it is. Like, we yeah. have some weird thing in our society that, like, you have to be, like, great at everything. It is so wonderful to step into something and be like, I am a beginner, and this is where I'm starting from. And, I, I... and then I get to watch myself grow from there and feel into you know and work hard because that's what i do and 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 have the fun of that and yeah like it's it's great to be a beginner guys i suffer from that because and i often i won't if i get into something that i'm not immediately great at or that i can take to immediately i don't do it and so i envy that process that people will commit themselves to really investing the time and to, to doing this now um, I have to ask this, and we've heard this rumor floating around that, of course, you're you know very well known from the office, and the dinner party episode is one of the legendary episodes. We hear that the office fans are campaigning to get you to dance to a particular song. Is is what I'm hearing correct? <laughs> I'm, I mean, they probably are. <laughs> okay, it's that one night which you danced to in the, in the show. You, you have a little. It's it's hilarious. Uh, you know, let's listen, as, as Preston pointed out, Alfonso Rivero, he danced, he did the Carlton. Yeah. On, it would only be fitting. Right. Yeah. Well, you never know what, you know, I mean, I I think that um, they're interested in, in the Hunter song, I'm assuming, right? Yes, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. But but um, but the song but the problem is that you know that song isn't really known by by you know I mean they use like pop really popular music on this, uh-huh. on, this on Dancing with the Stars so I can't imagine that they're gonna that they're gonna pull that out. All right, all right. Well, we'll, we'll be watching. But look, I'm 
I'm going to bring a little bit of Jan to the dance floor for the show, okay. okay? I'm going to do that for them. By the way, do you know, uh, you know, since the show hasn't officially started yet, what your interaction will be with your competitors other than... You know the the evenings that you're dancing and seeing what they do. Is there is there any kind of get-togethers or anything like that? Um, not not that I know of. I mean, we all met at Good Morning America, okay. and um, everybody is so nice. I mean, everyone's great. You know, and and really, it's like when it really comes down to it, we're not competing against each other. I mean, you know, this is not called Dancing with the Dancers. It's called Dancing with the Stars. Mm-hmm. Everybody has their own reason for being there. For their own their own challenge that they're facing, their own you know bar that they're setting for themselves, and really you know I mean the ages range all over the place. I mean it's like we've got a gold medalist who's eighteen, you know we've got me who's fifty four, and I'm an actor, you know <laughs> like you know we've got people all over the map, and and so it would be ridiculous to think that um, that SUNY Lee and I are competing. It, it, that's just ridiculous. I mean well, that's just not that's just not what we're doing. You know what I mean like. I'm competing with myself. I'm trying to bring myself to it um, so that people can get to know me a little bit, not just through my characters, but a little bit more of Melora Hardin because I am, you know, I have been working on a documentary for four years called Thunder Hunter and Me that we're just now shopping to try and get, uh, you know, get to find a home for it. Huh. I want people to find it because it is about healing and it's about light and love and it's about what it takes to transform trauma. And it's not a character that I've done. It's really Melora. And I and I want just, I'm hoping maybe Dancing with the Stars, I'll get to stay on it long enough. Maybe I'll even win the, the little mirror ball, <laughs> the big mirror ball. And I'll be able to like let people in on who I am a little bit more. And and, okay. and it'll help, uh, help people find Thunder Hunter and me, you know. All right, ultimately. so I have a question there because I was reading the uh, the synopsis of the, the documentary and it's a tad bit confusing to me. Can you explain it a little bit? It's a story about um, uh, you know, when I was 10 years old I was on a, a show called Thunder about a wild black stallion that came when I whistled and um, and it was about a little girl who Thunder and I would go and we'd save the day. We'd pull people out of wells. We'd save animals from traps. And 40 years later, I was directing a music video for my friend Paula Cole, and I needed a horse. And I walked through the door of the woman who owned the horse, and she said, "Oh my God, you were on my favorite show when uh, when you were when we were 10 years old. Uh, you were on Thunder." And we ended up making this this music video together, and I ended up using her horses and all of her actor animals. She's an incredible person to work with. Mm-hmm. And during the day, I said to her, you know, you're so awesome. Where's your partner? Where's your boyfriend, girlfriend? Like, where's, you know, you're, where, I seem like you're by yourself. And she said, oh, I've never been on a date. I've never kissed anyone. And what? I was like, what? How, how could that be? And ultimately, six weeks later, she calls me up and I said, well, I like to fancy myself a matchmaker. I'd love to help. Call me if you need any, you know, have any questions. She calls me up and she says, how long is too long of a hug? And her questions are so young that it inspires me to ask her a question I've never asked anyone in my life, which is, is there any chance that you were raped? Oh. And it turns out she was raped when she was seven years old. Wow. And I just took her, I okay. took her into my life. And so the story really is, it took, it took 40 years, but Thunder and Cindy finally came to help. Wow. And it's a story, it's oh. a story about female friendship. It's about what it really takes to get through trauma. It's about how women can 
can hold women up and how we can help each other get through these these very difficult things and and you really get to watch her transform her entire life and it of course transforms my life in the in the process well honestly the, the stories like that are something that dancing with the stars focuses and focuses in on routinely as they're you know, working with the different contestants, and that's something I'm, I, I have to imagine they're going to cover that uh, if they haven't already shot stuff for that, because that's that's right in their wheelhouse. I hope so. I yeah. hope so. That's that's that's. I hope we will talk about it because it is a beautiful, beautiful story, and for me, it's a gesture of healing that I want to put into the world, and I'm hoping that people will be, you know. Um, well, we'll get to see a little bit of Melora and go, oh my God, because this is a very raw documentary. This, okay. this, it's it's not a comedy. Obviously. No, it's it's obviously very important to you too. But you're you're also on, on a on a with a cast that's very high profile. You have Jojo Siwa who's going to dance with the same sex partner yeah. for the first time in, in in the history. You have a whole bunch of people from all different walks of of life, which is really cool. And we have Derek Hoffman, and he, you know, we talked about the the uh, the judging structure. And again, it doesn't rely. Like you, you have done some dancing. Were you not in the movie Lombada? I was. Yes, you know, I was. The Forbidden Dance. Did you? <laughs> I, I, did you get to dance the Lombada? I forget. I did. I danced the Lombada. I did. Guys. It's a forbidden yeah, was... dance. What? So sexy. <laughs> is that going to be incorporated this season? It's got to be. Oh God, I don't know. But there is there is some Latin. You know, I mean, it, I don't think the Lombada is considered actual ballroom. But um, but there, but there, there are some Latin uh, flavored uh, dances for all sure right. that I'll be learning. Okay. Yeah, I know they do the cha 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 and all these <laughs> other things, so that maybe they'll throw a little of the forbidden stuff in there. It's sure. Forbidden, oh, Preston. Uh, yeah, exactly. Well, I'm sure the Office fans will be voting for you, and that uh, is certainly a sizable audience. So uh, we and uh, we we wish good things for you in this competition, in this quote unquote competition, Melora. <laughs> Thank you so much. No I'm, problem. I'm already having a ball and uh, and working my ass off, as you said earlier. Yes, so, yeah. well, that's good. Now go right, get well, the ball. Well, thanks for coming on this morning. Melora Harden, thank you. That's cool, man. Bye-bye. We'll see you. She's very sweet. She is. I, so I was reading, yeah, I was reading the uh, the rundown of what the plot of that uh, documentary was, and I didn't quite understand, so I'm glad she had explained it. And then that's obviously a passion project for her, and she'll be able to promote that. I mean, for raising your visibility, you, you know, Dancing yeah. with the Stars is definitely a uh, a place to go. Yeah. Oh, it's, uh, it's 10 o'clock. Ah! 93.3 WMMR. It's time for an MMR money clip. Florida man, Florida man. Now, here's your money clip keyword. The keyword is hope, H-O-P-E. And you have until 15 minutes after the hour to enter that. There are three ways to get to it, all right? You can text us to our special contest short code. It's not the normal text number, okay? It's 45911. So text the word hope. To 45911. Or if you'd like to be entered for the $10,000 grand prize, enter it via the MMR app or at WMMR.com. One random entry wins $500 in our company-wide contest. That person's going to get a call from Beasley. Make sure you answer your phone. Contest rules are available at WMMR.com. So once again, the word is hope, and you have until 15 minutes after the hour to get it to us. Now, WMMR presents Kristen and Steve's Bizarre all right, it is brought to you by Horizon Services' best deal ever sales event, which is taking place. You can get your preseason Hooter 
<laughs> oh, my God. It's the best sale ever. You can get your pre-season heater tune-up. Yeah, That's where the uh, ooh sound came from. in that deal you got going on there. The heater tune-up for $39 and your spring AC tune-up for $39. Can you, can you get two of them motors? You can visit horizonservices.com. All right. This is the second type of story. Like this, we've had this morning in Missouri, a bomb squad recovered a suspected explosive, possibly a grenade. Oh, boy. That was found by two fishermen. James Newton, a frequent magnet fisher yes. out, of the, out of the Ozarks, said his discovery caught him by surprise. He said, I was kind of in shock, and then I was so nervous I was shaking. Newton and another fisherman found the device while magnetic fishing, an activity that consists of searching for metal objects submerged in lakes, rivers, and other bodies of water. Do you have any interest in this? It's kind of weird. I, I would like to watch someone doing it because yeah. they pull up all sorts of stuff like this stuff. Yeah, I no, I have I, I have as much interest as uh, uh, doing the the mag- the uh, um, metal detectors on oh, okay. the beach. All right, yeah. It seems like the same thing to me. Uh, when they located the device, they alerted a security guard who then called 911. The sheriff's office, the fire department, bomb squad, and Springfield City Utilities all responded, and the bomb squad uh, apparently blew up the device. Uh, the fisherman said the pin was still in it, luckily, so I just grabbed the side and pulled it off to keep my head away from the pin. Like this? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a woman came. Yeah. Do it like this. No, you idiot. <laughs> yeah. A woman. A woman came down to the scene after it was clear because no, she. Oh, you idiot! <laughs> like this. She heard the explosion from her home a few miles. A few miles away. Uh, he said, I was just in my kitchen. She said, I was just in my kitchen, like, making my lunch. And then I just heard a big, loud boom. That's Karen Fraser. said, I, I had no idea if I was if it was inside the house. It does sound super loud, like something exploded up in my yard. Uh, Newton is no stranger to finding what he calls treasure hunting, by the way. Uh, and he said, I found a couple guns here, found a chainsaws. Found a we- robot. Weed eaters, just about anything metal, the magnet can pull it out of the water. I found toolboxes, found some money boxes, just all kinds of crazy things. But never in my life I ever say anything like a grenade. I got a big magnet. I made up that last part. All right, so a mother has a warning for every parent out there about hand sanitizer. She says what happened to her young daughter was a nightmare and no other parent should have to endure it. It was her second day of kindergarten. The little girl set up her desk with pencils and supplies, including a fresh bottle of hand sanitizer, which was on the list of school supplies for the kindergarten class. By lunch, the five-year-old girl had collapsed. The principal called and said to get to the school immediately, the girl's mom said. She was walking a little wobbly down the hall. By the time they got to the classroom, to the lunchroom, uh, she fell and couldn't sit up straight. The uh, The girl was rushed to Children's Hospital from the school. Uh, her mom said she was completely out of it. I tried to wake her, and she opened her eyes briefly, and she looked at me, but it was almost as if she looked straight through me. Hours later at the hospital, the girl uh, came out of it, came to, but mom had no answer still until the school called it again. She had consumed six ounces of 70% alcohol. Her blood alcohol level was .23. Ooh. So she had actually ingested it. Yeah, she drank. She was drinking uh-huh. the hand sanitizer. Oh, God. In a statement, the school superintendent said the health and wellness of our students is a priority. The district provides 
Hand sanitizing stations that are available in each of the schools. In addition, students are permitted to have hand sanitizer in their desk or backpack. However, students are not required to keep it on their desk or backpack, particularly if a parent or guardian does not want them to have it. Um, there have been an increase of kids ingesting hand sanitizer, of course. Uh, it will typically have 70% or so ethanol, uh, which means that they're about 140 proof. <laughs> Yeah. So is there any situation or scenario in which that alcohol can be absorbed transdermally? Where and you... give you a buzz? Yeah, I, I've never heard that. Not that I, I, I know of. Originally, that's what you were going to say. Yeah, not that I know of. Um, so, yeah, be careful. Authorities caught a 30-year-old Orlando man giving an unauthorized tour of Hollywood Studios this summer uh, with a Disney iPad that let him skip the ride lines. Whoa. Yeah, a Disney fraud investigator was on alert that someone outside the company may have gotten control of a device for Disney employees only. Over the past few days, his team had noticed an, uh, that he had noticed unapproved overrides on a Disney app used to make reservations. He said the app is used to facilitate entry into the front of the lines without having to stand in line or to wait on the line ride. Or the ride line, I'm sorry. Uh, the application is a private app for qualifying guests and is only installed on Walt Disney World Company-owned devices. The app is not available to the public for use. Why not? On June 4th, the Disney investigator saw a man leading a tour and bypassing the lines at an attraction in Hollywood Studios. Hold it, scumbag! Uh, the report doesn't disclose which ride the man attempting to access. Uh, the Disney investigator ordered Disney employees to cancel the reservation before the man climbed on board. The investigator wanted to see if the man... Uh, could make would make the reservations again. So he followed the man as he left the park and went to his car. Upon confronting the man, the investigator asked him if he had a Disney device to make reservations. The man admitted he did and handed over the iPad. By then, Sheriff's deputy was on the scene. The man refused to answer more questions, but he insisted that he did not know that the iPad was stolen. Mm-hmm. The report isn't clear where the man had gotten the device from, uh, stating someone from a company had given it to him. I found it over there. Meanwhile, a Disney investigator confirmed the $400 iPad belonged to Disney and had been taken without the company's permission. However, the investigator couldn't tell the sheriff's office which department the iPad belonged to or how the device had been unaccounted for. Uh, Disney uh, uh, apparently had not reported the iPad stolen. You, you would imagine that the second... It, it you would have to log in, right? There's some, there's some shady assume? stuff like this that goes on. I think behind closed doors with right. TV. I guarantee you, a Disney employee was somehow involved. Yes, and yeah. uh, that's because why it's not clear. There's got to be a log on code or something like there's, that. Yeah, if, if, I guarantee you that if you haven't used this thing in like two minutes, like somebody's iPad or computer, it locks you out. However, I'll tell you that uh, I would have definitely taken that. Not to wait in line. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, the man was uh, transported from the Disney property. Walt Disney World isn't naming the man because he hasn't been charged with a crime uh-huh. as of yet. Play dumb. Uh, and that's a bizarre file. By the way, Steve, this is for you. Times and it always worked on those on those shows, and I it still cracks me up. It's just, you get so pissed off at them not being able to do it that you forget you've put a bomb in the piano. Oh, it's the best. 
Uh, and did we ever? Well, I think we talked about it one morning. And I tried to figure out what that song was. And I don't remember if we figured it out or not. We did, I think, but I just don't remember what it was. So, oh, actually, I want to hear it one more time. <laughs> and I love after they had a way of depicting post explosion oh. where all of his hair has been blown off. Yeah. He's a cinder. Yeah. <laughs> it's just brutal. Or just, you know, just yeah. like the whole hat brim is gone and just a little cap might be there or whatever they did. One of my favorites was Daffy Duck when he would get shot oh. blank with a shotgun and his bill would go back over his head. Or it would spin, spin around, around yeah. which was great. Uh, th- th- or it'd be try that again. Filled with holes or they, they had a way to, to change it or up every single time. He spits out the buckshot. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Have a handful of blanks. <laughs> uh, so... <laughs> According to Looney Tunes Wiki, it's Those Endearing Little Charms. That's, That's the name of the song. That's yeah. what it says. All right, and it was used in, are these the all-time? Uh, okay, one, two, three, four, one, two, three. It was done five times. And Daffy, we're looking at the clip, Preston, on the, on the screen here where Daffy does it uh, when they're doing the, uh, the, uh, the talent show on stage. Yeah, it was using the, the, the xylophone. <laughs> and by the way, pull that back up, yeah. uh, Marissa, because they didn't duplicate, because this Wikipedia page... Now, it says known uses, okay? Uh, and it's got the name of the cartoon. It's got the user and intended victim. <laughs> so uh, each time it was someone different. Yeah, uh, really. The intended victim was Bugs twice, uh, but you had Private Snafu, who I don't know was uh, the intended victim, was Private Snafu. Then you had Yosemite Sam uh, was the user. Bugs Bunny was the victim. Uh, there was another one. Daffy Duck was the user. Bugs was the victim. Another one was Wiley Coyote was the victim, yes. and Roadrunner was the intended or was the victim. I'm sorry, uh, Wiley was the user, and then another one was Doug the Dog uh, against Slappy the Squirrel. Not familiar with those. I wonder if. All right, well, anyhow, but that's awesome. It's a great gag. Yeah. Hey, I would like to do a little thank you uh, to a mystery gift that we received today. Yes, uh, and this is from Devin. Uh, listener Devin, Devin Mayer. Mayer! Mayer. Uh, and she sent us a box of Mrs. Fields cookies. Yeah, and popcorn. And goodies. <laughs> and she wrote a little something for my favorite radio show. Congrats on making the Hall of Fame, you puds. <laughs> your sultry voices soothe our souls. From your friend Devin, enjoy. And Gad, it says Gad Nukes. Oh. <laughs> Gadzooks. Well, thank you. We will yeah. put that to good use. That was it's really sweet. sweet. I'm you having some have... of the uh, the kettle corn right now. Didn't have to do that, and we very much appreciate it. But you can keep doing that if you want to. <laughs> yeah. All right, we're going to take a break. We'll come back in a second. We'll get the lesson question, uh, the trash music news, and all that stuff. And do we usually do the secret text word winner right now? No, we do that after trash. All right, well, we'll hold on for that. And, and we have a chance for you to win uh, Black Crows and Dirty Honey tickets for next Thursday. BB&T Pavilion's a text word secret to three. 9333. Coming back in a moment. Like what you hear? You can see it too. Check out Preston and Steve's Daily Rush on Xfinity On Demand. Back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. We can now move on to the lesson question for today. We're giving away a pair of tickets for Movies at the Man. Coming up on the 25th, it will be Marvel Studios Black Panther in concert. They'll be playing music along to that. 
which is pretty damn cool. So the question that we're going to go with this morning to see if you've been paying attention. Uh, let's go with this one. What candy does Casey love to pick out of his teeth? Two one five two six three WMMR. Let's see if you heard that. What candy does Casey love to pick out of his teeth? If you were listening, you know that answer. You should give us a call. You just might win. 215-263-WMMR. While you're calling, we do this. The trash business is a gold mine. 93.3 WMMR with Preston and Steve's Hollywood Trash. Brought to you by Revivalist Spirits. Voted USA Today's top craft gin distillery. Offers online ordering and delivery of gin, vodka, bourbon, and pre-made cocktails to all Pennsylvania residents. Use the promo code PRESTON. For 10% off of your purchase, RevivalistSpirits.com. What's up, Steve? Well, rumors circulating that it was an on-set romance between Pete Davidson and Kaylee Cuoco that accelerated her recent divorce. In a related story, literally nothing on earth makes sense anymore. (laughs) Conor uh, McGregor denying that he got into a dust-up with Machine Gun Kelly backstage at the MTV Video Awards after the musician refused to take a photo with the fighter. McGregor says he wouldn't waste his time with Machine Gun Kelly because, quote, Justin Bieber is the whole package and it feels like he's actually singing to you. Uh, oh, my God. And finally, speaking of Machine Gun Kelly, his girlfriend Megan Fox stopping traffic in New York City as she was seen walking along in a lace bustier and miniskirt over thigh-high boots. Fox said it was part of her way of helping out the homeless living on the streets because they need boners, too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Let's see if you were paying attention. We have a question this morning, which is, what candy does Casey love to pick out of his teeth? And we will go to Mikey and see if we get the answer. Yo, Mikey. I want to eat, goddammit. Yeah, brother. (laughs) If you were to eat a candy bar and it was stuck in Casey's teeth, what candy bar would that be? Nobody better lay a finger on my butterfinger. You got it, bud. Butterfinger. Hang on a second, Mikey. Got you a pair of tickets for Movies at the Man, and this will be Saturday, September 25th, featuring Marvel Studios' Black Panther in concert. The Man Center Festival Orchestra performs the Oscar and Grammy-winning score live while the film plays in high definition on a 40-foot screen and two lawn screens. You can visit mancenter.org for tickets and information. Now, Preston and Steve's Music News on 93.3 WMMR. All right, and Music News brought to you by Jersey Mike's. Order through the Jersey Mike's app for free delivery on Saturdays. Jersey Mike's, a sub above. We're going to start with uh, Foo Fighters. Uh, Their fans heap high praise on the band, and they've certainly had their share of commercial success. But Dave Grohl tells Rolling Stone, I don't know if we've ever felt cool. In Uh. fact, early on, Grohl says people were against the idea of a post-Nirvana band, including some of his friends. He said, I was thinking, it's inevitable. People will not want me to do this, and that there, uh, and there were uh, people, even friends, that were offended. And I just thought, how dare they? I mean, this is how I'm going to get through life. And he added, and then I would sit in an interview, and they'd say, with all the crashing cymbals and distorted guitars and screaming, did you intentionally want to sound like Nirvana? Well, so he says they weren't cool, but Foo Fighters were honored with MTV VMA's first Global Icon Award. On Sunday, that seems pretty cool to me. So, I mean, look at their legacy. Yeah. Uh, if you thought Tommy Lee would have issues with the upcoming Hulu series, Pam and Tommy, you thought wrong. While the series focuses on the ups and downs of the couple's relationship, including their infamous sex tape, 
Uh, Lee told E.T., it's cool. Uh, backstage at Sunday's... Yeah, yeah, are you okay with this? MTV Video Music Awards. You yeah, t- have a big penis. Uh, <laughs> Tommy said... It's like my index finger. He said, I thought a lot of people would think that it's one thing, but it's really about privacy. And how things got crazy then. Uh, there's different laws now, he said. Of course, he's referring to the sex tape made on their honeymoon, which was allegedly stolen from their house and released in E.T. You clearly... Does the end of your penis glow like my finger? You saw that video, I'm sure. I loved it. Uh, it got me all hot and bothered. He continued by saying the stories actually... She can suck a flog through a gang fight. <laughs> she can suck a what? A flog through a gang fight. A flog through a gang fight. <laughs> It's an old saying. On our planet. I don't know what you guys say. Golf ball through a garden hole. Hoses. I'll, I'll file that away. One of them. Or suck start a leaf blower. Well, that too. Suck the chrome off a boat hitch. Yeah, that one too. Uh, so. <laughs> uh, so he continued saying the story's actually cool. What actually happened wasn't cool. Uh, he said that uh, actor Sebastian stands and tells me it's pretty wild. He said, I feel like it was forever ago, uh, but it's a cool story and people need to know it's cool. I'm stoked. Do you realize, so when this comes out, we're going to have two, actually, uh, it looks good. So I'm just going to prejudge it and say it's going to be pretty good. Uh, but uh, two Motley Crue movies that are yeah. kind of fun. I mean, The Dirt, I really enjoyed. Yeah, it was good. I watched it a couple times. Uh, so, Sebastian Stan plays Tommy. Lily James plays Pamela Anderson. Lily. So, you got two solid actors. Yeah. Uh, the couple tied the knot in Mexico in 1995 after knowing each other for just a few days. I yeah. forgot about that part. Yes. Uh, just they, like she did with Kid Rock. And they have two sons together. Uh, no word yet on when uh, Pam and Tommy will premiere on Hulu. Alanis Morissette, as we said yesterday, is slamming a new documentary about her life. And there's a little bit more about it. Ahead of the premiere of HBO's Jagged, the 47-year-old singer released a statement on Tuesday describing the new film as salacious. As she accused the film's team of including facts that are simply not true while giving her a false sense of security during interviews. Yeah, she's actively campaigning against this. Yeah, she said, I agreed to participate in a piece about the celebration of Jagged Little Pill's 25th anniversary and was interviewed during a very vulnerable time while in the midst of my third postpartum depression during lockdown. Uh-huh. Uh, she and her husband, Mario uh, Treadway, are parents to sons Ever Imri, Winter Mercy, and daughter Onyx Solis, so, uh, Solace. Those are some mother effer names. They are. Uh, she said, I was lulled into a false sense of security. And, and, their, <laughs> yeah. and their salacious agenda <laughs> became apparent immediately upon my seeing the first cut of the film. Uh, she said, this is when I knew our versions uh, were in fact painfully diverged. Uh, this was not the story I agreed to tell. I sit here now experiencing the full impact of having trusted someone who did not warrant being trusted. I have chosen not to attend any event around this movie for two reasons. One is that I'm a tour right now. Uh, the other is that, not unlike many stories and unauthorized biographies out there over the years, this one includes implications and facts that are simply not true. Ah. Wow. Uh, she said, while there is beauty and some elements of accuracy in this slash my story, to be sure, I ultimately won't be supporting someone else's reductive take on a story much too nuanced for them to ever grasp or tell. Well, I, you know, and I feel bad because I, I, I still want to watch it. I do too. And and, and I wish know, I knew which parts she was going right. to were, were saying were false 
So, therefore, we can watch it for what it is and the parts that are good. They should have a little icon of Stallone pop-up when it's not correct. Yeah. It stinks. Yeah. <laughs> This is not true. It stinks. Yeah. Uh, it stinks. I'm a Lance Morris says, but I'm a number one fan, and this is not accurate. <laughs> it's like a fly in your Chardonnay. Uh, the documentary's director, Allison Clayman, addressed Morissette's reaction to the film and said, uh, It's a really hard thing to see a movie made about yourself, and I think she's incredibly brave in her reaction when she saw it uh, that it was. A really, and then she pauses and said she could feel all the work, all the nuance that went into it. So she doesn't like it. She actually is a recurring character on uh, the animated series Great White North on okay. Fox, and she basically plays like the Northern Lights, but they kind of look like Alanis Morissette and can talk <laughs> to one of the characters on the show. Okay. She's also a judge on a new singing show called Alter Ego. Really? Huh. Yeah, I don't even know what that oh, is. Oh, is that the. Is that the new one with the with the avatars? Oh yes! Holy yeah, Christ! This makes this makes the mass singer. Oh seriously! Look like firing. <laughs> it's just horrible. So she's going to be a judge on that? Oh my yeah. God! <laughs> That's stooping a bit. Yeah, oh, wow. look at this thing. So these are like computer oh. generated avatars, right? Nick Lachey and Will I Am are also Jesus judges. Christ! Oh, when will okay. they stop with this? Those are those are more credible names than masked singers. So. Well, how 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 soon before it's just the person's hand with the face drawn on it? Right. <laughs> you know, moving their thumb up and down. South Park. Yeah. Interesting. Jesus. Wait, uh, but are they celebrities that are singing or? That's a good question. I don't know. Just, okay. Yeah, I'm not sure. Marissa, does it say if the concept is they try to identify who they are? I watched it for. Three seconds before I could change the channel after or the football maybe game on Sunday. Maybe they're just judging on vocal performance and how well this person right. is the singer as opposed to how they look. I don't know, man. All right, <laughs> Enough. I, I got other stuff. Uh, all signs are pointing to a new Guns N' Roses track being dropped in the near future. Huh. Following last month's release of Absurd, a reworking of the looming unreleased song Silkworms. Is it Welcome to the Buffet? Has been reported that the band is now prepping a tune called Hard School for uh, imminent release. Hmm. Uh, Guns fans have been aware of the track for some time now, as it was originally recorded under the working title of Jackie Chan during the band's sessions for uh-huh. the last album, 2008 Chinese Democracy. They should do a song called Jackie Chan. So, don't know when we'll get that, but uh, signs are pointing to the fact that we will. Where do you stand on Guns N' Roses? I don't care about them anymore. Yeah? I don't care about the new stuff anymore. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, Appetite was an amazing album. Lies was a great album. Uh, and then it started to kind of fizzle after that for me. So I yeah, kinda, I kind of sit in that realm. But yeah. I, I, you know, I love hearing Sweet Child of Mine. Yep, and, and, yep. Uh, Paradise City, and so, you know, it's so easy and all that stuff. You saw them in concert, and right, Kathy? Uh, yes, yeah. and I hated it and left early. <laughs> wow. Uh, <laughs> see, I had a great time there. No, it was the sound. It was. It was the sound. Yeah. For you, right? That, I, yeah. And you know what? I've been to a number of shows um, where the sound was terrible, and it it ruined it. Um, I was at U two as well, and I love them yeah. and very much enjoy their music and uh, where I was sitting was just terrible. You, you you need to subscribe to the notion no roof, no rock. You'll get a, <laughs> you'll, you'll get a better mix. Yeah. Uh, due to COVID protocols, the Rolling Stones were unable to attend their late drummer Charlie Watts' funeral in England <laughs> last week. That's got to wow. be devastating. Uh, surviving Stones, Mick Jagger, Keith Richards, Rumwood, and the rest of their touring band who are rehearsing in Boston uh, weren't able to make the cross-Atlantic journey uh, due to the spike in the Delta variant. A long-time Keith Richards collaborator, Steve Jordan, also known for his work on the original Saturday Night Live, the Blues Brothers, Late Night with David Letterman Band, uh, will be sitting in for Charlie Watts on the upcoming dates. 
Uh, the Stones' late 60s road manager, Sam Cutler, attended the service for Watts and told the London Standard it perfectly reflects, reflects the man he was. And I completely understand uh, the choice that was made. He would have hated a fuss and the commotion that involved the public, uh, That what that would have meant. And that's it in music news. I do, however, have a chance for someone to win right now. Secret text word. Uh, Kathy, you got a number caller? Ten. All right, let's take the tenth caller at 215-263-WMMR. You need to know the secret text word in order to win the Black Crows and Dirty Honey tickets. And we'll grab a random text or two, have two winners when we get back, and then we will wrap up the show. Stay with us. 93.3 WMMR presents Money Clips. Wow, we have a lot of clips. Your shot at stuffing 500 bucks in your Money Clip seven times a day. Weekdays at 8, 10, and noon, as well as 2, 4, 6, and 8 p.m. We'll play an audio clip from one of your favorite MMR DJs. So true, Jackson. And then give you a keyword. Text it to 45911. Or if you enter it at WMMR.com or our app, you'll also get entered for the grand prize. 10000 bucks. What the f***? See complete rules at WMMR.com. It's MMR's Money Clips from who else? 93.3 WMMR. Everything that rocks your wallet. What's great is a lot of things await you, my friend. Many things await you here on uh, WMMR. Jackie Bam Bam will be in in just a moment. We'll hand the reins over to him and he'll take good care of you. We'll find out in a moment what he's got uh, in store for you today. In the meantime, I would like to thank our guests on the program, Michael Gandolfini and Alessandro Nebola, uh, who are both starring in The Many Saints of Newark, which is a prequel film to The Sopranos show. And, uh, yeah, sure enough, uh, Michael Gandolfini stepping into his father's shoes and playing a young Tony Soprano. It was very cool. Yeah, they were nice guys. So it was good to have them on. They're excited about it, too. And thank you to Crystal Cly from uh, NBC10 for being on. The Clear the Shelters event is going on right now, but September 18th, all shelters and rescues have uh, either waived or will reduce the adoption fees. So if you've been on the fence about uh, getting a new uh, companion in your life, that's a good time to do it right there and save yourself some money in the process. And thank you to Melora Harden, too, uh, who is from season 30 of Dancing with the Stars. You know her from The Office, and uh, she was just checking in, getting ready for her performances with that. So, uh, oh, and real quick, I need to congratulate Eddie Price, our secret text word winner, uh, our random text word winner, and maybe this caller, number 10, it's Andrew. Hey, Andrew. Hey, I can't believe Eric Lindros is calling my phone. <laughs> boom, 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 boom. 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 Andrew, what's the secret text word? It's Tumblr. Tumblr. Yeah. 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 You got it, my man. You win the tickets. Hang on. We'll get your information. Just like Eddie Price of Palmyra, New Jersey, we're going to give you tickets to see the Black Crows. Shake your moneymaker tour with Dirty Honey. Next Thursday, the 23rd, BB&T Pavilion. Some tickets remain to Ticketmaster. You can put concerts at WMMR.com for complete details and another chance to win for MMR VIP members. Jackie freaking Bam Bam. Today you could call me Mr. Heat Miser. Jeez. Oh, somebody is reading my mind. <laughs> Mr. Heat. Come on, Steve, help me out. Hold on, I'm cold, my son. I'm Mr. Heat. It's hot outside. It's like 83 degrees in my Batmobile. 
83, huh? I just made it in here before I melted away. Wow. wow. Yeah, it's it's muggy today. Swamp ass. Two words for you, press bub. Yeah, bud. Two Is that what you're rocking? Yeah. I, I showered. I'm okay, yeah, Steve. Yeah, 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 right. Sometimes you get no underwear, though. He definitely yeah, say, what kind of pants Sometimes? Romano, what are you looking at? Your pants. Oh, yeah. okay. Some, sometimes what? Sometimes you will wear underwear? Sometimes I'm showered and I never wear underwear. You should never know that. Though. Do you uh, gold bond up your uh, your butt? Just press and stand it up. I wanted to see your pants. We want to see your pants. Yeah. Just, they're plain black today. Plain black. I think I got them in aisle three of CVS. Uh, right the girl's stretch pants. Only the best. Those. Yes, only the best. Stretch pants. So wait, Preston, you cut bangs? We would have been best friends in St. Louis. This is before you had the mullet and you are in a band. You oh, cut bangs? I was a little kid, man. I was in, like, kindergarten. You were a goth kid before you were a mullet boy. I love it. Did you uh, did you ever self-cut uh, your hair? I cut it all the time still. You still do? I do. You cut I, your own hair. Back to what we said on Monday. I want to have a promotion with Casey Boy. I told him I want to give him a Rod Stewart, Chris Robinson uh, crop, but he won't let me do it. Yeah. Wow, okay. Thinning shears, I razor it. I could do it all. Yep. No kidding. <laughs> really? You want to next, Marissa? I mean, Marissa needs a haircut. (laughs) Next white uh, dinner party, I'll bring my thinning shears and we'll hang out together, Marissa. Do you you cut Britney's hair? I do. Oh, wow. I got the Nikki Six, the razor going on. I think I did an MMR event one day and I bought uh, thinning shears in a dollar store and I cut a listener's hair. It was so cool. (laughs) I put a trash bag on him and all. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. I had no idea Jackie had that talent. Wow. You want bangs again, Press? No, I'm good. Okay. I'm good to go. But Just I appreciate that, man. Okay. Uh, what I do want is a letter of the day. You ready? I'm ready. Preston and Steve on 93.3 WMMR. Now, the daily letter. All right, the President and Steve show is brought to you today by the letter. The letter I for Team Insomnia. There are only two more letters to get, and then you get the word, and maybe you'll get that six-pack of pit tickets for, of course, the MMRBQ, which is brought to you by Live Casino and Hotel Philadelphia. Uh, Saturday, September 25th, BB&T Pavilion featuring Jane's Addiction, The Offspring, Cheap Trick, Dirty Honey, Dorothy, Mammoth Wolfgang Van Halen, Aaron Jones, and Foxtrot and the Get Down tickets uh, to the party on the lawn. Starts 25 bucks, and you can visit WMMR.com for complete details. Who are you most looking forward to seeing at the MMR Recue. Well, every night I get a phone call from the lead singer at Dirty Honey. He's like backstage with the Black Crows. They call me every night, and I better be bringing them up. I am really looking forward to seeing them. They're yeah. like the junior, like you said, a blues show. Yeah. Uh, they're great. Yeah. yeah. Excellent, man. Yeah. All right. Um, let me see. What's up on your show today? Uh, just like uh, you, I smell a winner. We have the uh, Money Clips keyword coming up at noon and two. Workforce blocks on Pierre's menu. Uh, we're going to do the Ramones. We're going to remember uh, Johnny Ramone on the anniversary of his passing. We got another big concert warm-up, MMR concert tonight in Camadelphia with Megadeth. So uh, we'll get you ready for that with a big, big block. Lamb of God, Trivium in Flames. Uh, we'll take you out. We'll get you into the pink, saluting their keyboardist, Rick Wright. Uh, prize coffin, just like you, we have Black Crow's Dirty Honey tickets. Give you a chance to win them. And Metallica on plastic, meaning vinyl. Excellent. All right. Thank you, Jackie. I want to thank our sponsors, too. Uh, the Preston and Steve Show is brought to you today by Duncan, the official coffee of the Preston and Steve Show. Also brought to you by Acme, fresh foods and local flavors. Tomorrow on our show, the Thursday edition, uh, we're going to have Karen Knotts who is the daughter of Don Knotts on the show. Holy hell. I'm assuming she has a book out, Casey? Yeah. All right. That should be very interesting. Don oh. Knotts, the legend in the I'm world. I'm a huge Don Knotts fan. Yeah, Barney Fife. Yeah. All right. So, and we'll see what else we can get into. That's it. We're done. Rage on and have a great day. And we'll see you tomorrow, my friend. Bye-bye. Justin and Steve. On 93.3 WMMR. Bing.
Beat out. Who that?